Find it and strap it on. Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl with Lorian and Spencer. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. Bowlafterbowl.com. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowlafterbowl.com. So when are we smoking some weed? Do not tell me you've come here looking for pot. Nice execution. You're doing terrific. This is what you wanted. In the bowl. In the bowl, Dave. Yes, yes, that's right. You're listening to an extra special. Bowls with Buds. Live after no agenda. On a beautiful sunny Sunday. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And joining us from Alabama, the man himself, Dave Jones. Give it up, everybody. Woo! <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Yes. Smash that like button. Oh, yeah, smash. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have been looking forward to this so heavily. So oh yeah, he did artwork too with the uh, with the truck and everything. I like it. That's right. Oh yeah, Lori came up with the with the artwork. I just all I did was I went creeped on the masty and <laughs> uh, went back because I knew you posted your truck sometime, and so I yeah. found the truck. Pew pew, pew and then uh, went and sent Lori in the truck. I was like, I don't know what you're going to do for the art, but just use this truck. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is the it's- patina. Mm. The patina, yeah, that's a, um, so that's a 65 Ford. It was a former military truck. And so the guy I bought it from bought it at like, so here's the story. So the guy, the guy I bought it from bought it from a service station that did like uh, car repairs. And so um, what he said was that he was driving, driving down up in Hayden, Alabama, which is like, you know, this it's absolute country. And so he was driving there and just saw the truck sitting out back of a service station and he went and said, uh, you know, hey, what what's the deal with this truck back here? And he, and then he was told this the story that some old dude had bought it from a military auction up at uh, Redstone Arsenal. Now at the y'all are in, y'all are in Tennessee? We are in Missouri actually. Missouri. But okay, we were right. just in Tennessee for the meetup. Okay, so Redstone Arsenal is a uh, big military installation up in Huntsville, Alabama. Okay. North Alabama. And they ha- they do like NASA and uh, all kinds of uh, air, like, uh, what do you call it? Like plane engines, like jet engine uh, testing. They have these big pads, like all, all this aerospace testing they do there at that facility. And so they, uh, this dude had bought it at a military auction there like 25 years ago. And so then he took he took it and it was in decent shape, but it wasn't running that great. So he took it to the service station and said, "You know, I, I want this thing fixed up where it'll run, and I've got like this much money. Just d- here's the money. Just do whatever you can to get it to get it running and get good shape." And so they they took it and worked on it for a while and uh, called the dude to come pick it up, and the dude had died. Oh, so, dang! So yeah. Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not that funny, but well, she's um, dead. 
<laughs> so the, so then they were like, well, I don't know what to do with this thing. So I just rolled it out back behind the shop and it sat there for like 15 years. And then this dude came by and, and bought it and then kept it for a few years. And then I bought it off him. So that's, that's the genealogy of how this thing got to me. So it's, it's basically unmolested, authentic American steel, you know, straight, it went straight from Ford to Redstone Arsenal, lived nice. its life there, and then came out of Redstone Arsenal straight to this dude, and it's barely been driven since. So this is the apocalyptic survival EMP-proof truck. Oh, yeah. Which is oh, your, yeah. your daily driver, I understand, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's this, that's why. So I, I hate technology. Um, Same. Which <laughs> is uh, an oxymoron for what yeah. I do for oh, a yeah. living. That's but, why my palms yeah. are sweating right now. I'm surrounded by <laughs> seven screens and oh my God. It's like, I, I, I got into computers before I realized how compute, how much computers and technology could destroy your soul. Yeah. And then I, you know, now I regret it to this day, but uh, so I, I want in my, in my personal life, I want things to be, as simplistic as possible. I want my cars to have yeah. zero electronics, uh, n- no radio, not even a radio, no Bluetooth, none of this garbage, nothing. You know, I just want them to do what I want, tell them to do. Yes. I love that philosophy. I have a, uh, a, a old 1990, uh, Mitsubishi Mighty Max. It's like a five speed and it's yeah. all manual, yeah. everything and crank mm-hmm. windows and no power steering and, yeah, it, it's no, gonna no be, power uh, steering. Yeah, yep. it's, it's going to be what uh, what I need when the, when the big EMP goes off for sure. That's what I was talking to a guy the other day. I forgot him what brought it up. Uh, I think we were just talking about old cars and, and stuff, and he said that uh, his power steering went, had gone out on his car. He's like, man, it's really hard to drive without power steering. And the, I was like, well, you know, it's because you have a tiny little steering wheel because. Yeah, yep. back in the day with you know like my truck's huge big old steering wheel yeah, so you got, got that, all that leverage yeah. yep absolutely yeah that makes if you sense. Ma- if if you build them with knowing you don't have power steering it's not so bad yeah exactly a big wheel to crank on right well i don't have i don't have bowls but i have cbd chocolate is that okay that will work actually yes yeah. all right. cbd chocolate indeed chocolate right. um yeah okay so just a few programming notes before we get into the real meat and potatoes. Um, you're listening to Bulls with Buds, which is another episode of Bull After Bull. We do our regular Tuesday shows every Tuesday night at 9 Central, right after DH Unplugged gets wrapped up. And we go live on the No Agenda stream. Uh, but our Bulls with Buds are just kind of uh, irregularly scheduled times where we can sit down with our buds in the bowl and learn a little bit more about them. And this is the first time that Dave is joining us. It's uh, been a couple months in the making, so we're very excited about it. Uh, we did a bunch of um, kind of housekeeping in order to do this uh, episode, this particular episode. So I kind of want to talk about a little bit of the infrastructure we've put together. Now, the pews, uh, everybody by now has been used to. That's Helipad running in the background, which is um, a browser. Um, I should be better at explaining this, but basically it allows you to read boostograms in the browser. It uh, connects directly to the node. And Pew, Pew, we're hearing them live, we're hearing them live come in from Harvat, from uh, Fletcher, from C-Dub, Cotton Gin, Blueberry, Cotton Gin. They're flying in. All over the place. From Servo, we just got the latest one. And we've hooked up in the IRC a bot, Boost After Boost, 
that bot is relaying those boosts in real time. The bot also, uh, thanks to C-Dub, Cotton Gin, Cold Acid, um, Cold Acid says it's called a web app, Spencer. <laughs> what is a web app? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. A web app. Sure. Um, but yes, thanks to uh, Servo, Cotton Gin, C-Dubs, um, all these guys that have been working on the bot, the Boost After Boost bot has custom emojis. So uh, you can go to the GitHub repo and we'll have a link in the show notes to see all of the different custom emojis. But like, for instance, if you boost 420, it'll have the little alien with the peace sign, puff and smoke. Uh, if you boost 69, it's got the little kissy lips. And we even added the bot to the No Agenda uh, troll room uh, for the duration of the show. Uh, Sir Bimrose, I promise we'll get him out of there once the show wraps up. So you don't want to see those boosts all the time. But uh, right now it's, it's, it's relevant for a little bit. Um, another cool thing that we've done just under the wire to be able to get this, uh, uh, show is CurioCaster. Steven Bell has launched the live feature and the live tag on CurioCaster.com. So if you go over to CurioCaster.com and look, there's a live episode right now, Live Bulls with Buds Dave Jones, and you can boost from there. And, uh, Dave, if you're, uh, if the live boosts, you're getting 34% of all these splits, man. 34%? What, what's the significance of 34%? Well, uh... Does that have meaning at all? We were, we all had 33, and then there was one extra percent, so... <laughs> okay. Figured yeah, out, sense. we'll give the 1% extra to the guest. Hey, fair enough. Yeah, and, yeah uh, t- toss an extra in. Yeah, Dave A. Jones, I'm hoping that that was your... Uh, I hope it I'm is, pretty, too. I'm pretty sure that's your note, because that was the first lightning channel i ever had oh was okay. to uh yeah. was to that node so is it still live i, had, I don't ever rebalance it's so I, uh I no it idea. said it saw it eight hours ago on uh okay on one ml <laughs> so so yeah we're we're smashing all your channels flat right now dave <laughs> just destroying so how, everything yeah, how do i do this i mean how do i boost from the do you, you boost in the chat so or? in in curio caster you can boost or from any podcast app at newpodcastapps.com uh okay and the bot picks it up into the chat room the bot will pick up any boost to bowl after bowl. So uh, the bowl after bowl, um, it's just looking at, m- at my node and seeing incoming boosts and then uh, relaying those to the chat. And actually, cool. this thing is so fast, it'll chat in the IRC before the fa- uh, confetti shows up, typically. Now, I will want I do want to say that for some reason the fountain boosts are giving us trouble today. I heard that from Cotton Gin earlier, and I don't know what's up with that. The last fountain boost that came through was uh, 12 hours ago from Cotton Gen saying fountain limits to 400 characters. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, what disconnect we're having with fountain right now. But So where is the live supposed to show up? Because I'm on CurioCaster and I don't see if it. If you're on CurioCaster and you click on our show bowl after bowl, then it'll be at the top. Uh, okay. um, it'll be displayed as a little episode at the top. And yeah, then, there it is. Boom. It looks nice with that little awesome. banner on it and everything. He has done so much to the front end in the last, I don't know, few weeks. Yeah. Oh, he's a machine. He That's just never stops. Like, I mean, he just, yeah, he just keeps going. He never sleeps. He doesn't eat. He just codes 24 Seriously. hours a day. Stephen B. Slamming and jamming all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. He's an inspiration for sure. Uh, yeah. As as for me, I'm just like a, a Bambi Legs dumbass kind of <laughs> just wandering around <laughs> here trying to get things done. I remember... When this whole thing first started, it's been over a year now that we've been value-enabled, but right at the beginning when I was trying to get everything up, I got a uh, voltage node set up, and then uh-huh. I was messaging you, uh, DMing on 
podcastindex.social, I think. Pretty sure. Okay. And uh, I was just asking you some of the dumbest questions about channels and opening. And um, I remember you sending me some kind of a GitHub page and me saying, yeah, I don't know. I w- when I look at GitHub repos, like my brain just turns to mush. I don't know what to do, you know? <laughs> Not anymore. Which is like, okay, buddy, it's a folder. <laughs> it's a folder of files. Like, come on, dude. Um, yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Thank God. But no, you're all over the place now. You you got, you're, you're better at lightning than I am now. Ah, the people keep saying that to me and I, I just don't believe it. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, I mean, you're like setting up rings of fire and all these things. I mean, like you're all over the place. You have That's no problems true. with this thing. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a big journey, but, uh, this whole podcasting 2.0, I mean, we got inspired from, from damn near the very beginning. Like, I don't, I don't remember which was the first one we heard, but it had to be one of the first four. Sphinx was a rough go um, at the beginning. Now, I love, I'll say this, if if anybody knows or has kind of followed along with this since the beginning, Sphinx was the first app, uh, Sphinx.chat. And it's still, Sphinx is still, uh, you know, going strong. But um, those guys, uh, Paul and Evan at Sphinx Chat, they really helped test all this stuff and make sure that the like just POC it just give a give a proof of concept that it worked they helped to prove that this thing was was real and that lightning you could stream sats and all that jazz and um which was great and I'm forever indebted to them but the sphinx uh ch- app itself was difficult because I think it's just a it's a difficult model because you end up with everybody has their own uh, everybody with a Sphinx account in order to participate ends up with a full quote unquote full node right and so I mean you there is so many channels to keep in balance yeah I would say and, yeah. for Sphinx if if you don't have your own node and you're running if you're not running Sphinx Relay on your own node then it gets a little bit tough because you're either on a Sphinx light node or you're like writing on somebody's invite code and uh, mm-hmm. all of that is kind of managed for you. And I'm not really sure how exactly it works either, but um, yeah, the hosted nodes are tough. I mean, you just really, yeah, they, they just don't where they fall down all the time. And so yeah. any, if you came in at the beginning and then kind of, if you could see the vision of what it was going to be, then you got it, you know, but if you were just like, uh, oh, this is just some other social network with sending sats around, then it, it just never made any sense to you and you bailed, which is perfectly understandable. Yeah. Uh, we still are uh, rocking, though. They really got the Sphinx tribe rocking. If you go to uh, tribes.sphinx.chat, uh, bull after bull, check us out, join. It's still free for a limited time. So if you're hearing this, I'm going to keep it free till the end of the week. And then I'm going to slap that 420 uh, join bounty back on there so uh we are we just changed tribes uh last month because i got rid of the voltage node i just bought the one-year subscription but now we run home nodes so the old tribe was attached to the voltage node that's dead now the new tribe is just the one with emojis in it so that's how you can tell the difference the the emoji one is the one you want and it's free too so that kind of helps as a hint um, but yeah, Sphinx, man, it, it's crazy how far we've come since then, because when we joined, we were, I don't think there was even a hundred shows that were value enabled yet. And I want to say, aside from podcasting 2.0, we were the only ones that weren't specifically about Bitcoin itself. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that may, that's that sounds right to me too. Because there was very few shows. Most of them were. Well, now there's Tales from the Crypt. Yep. Uh, um, Anita Posh's uh, Anita show. Posh. She, I think, was the first show. I believe she was either the first one or within the first two or three. Uh, she's another one that I'm will be forever sort of indebted to as her because she she started she did some tutorials. I talked about it at a couple of Bitcoin conferences early on. I mean, like within a within a month of of you know proof of concept, and so she really pushed that thing. I think she may have actually been the first one to to get in there and do it herself. Like yeah. we did a we did a few of them ourselves. Like we're trying to help people, but then she sort of she was running her own Raspy Blitz node, and then she went in and modified her own feed, and she did the full like first what you might call onboarding of of it from a user perspective. That's so cool. That's, that's our philosophy too. We're just like, you, you know, we don't claim to know really much about anything, but we will definitely slam our heads against that brick wall until it crumbles because, <laughs> uh, it's just a matter of time. And somebody is, ha- somebody has to go through that pain in this early adoption part in order for other people, you know, people, uh, especially in the early days, we're all like, why can't my mom use this? Oh, my mom's not going to be able to use this. And we're just like, you know what? If we go through the pain, if we knock these brick walls down with our heads, and people will just follow us through the rubble, and <laughs> they won't have to knock down the walls necessarily. They'll be like, oh, well, those guys did it. We may, Maybe we can do it too. And that's sort of my philosophy in this. Like, I'm, I'm learning more and more uh, as far as languaging and coding goes every day. But I would say... Now, I went to a I went to a coding boot camp, uh, um, and now I work there, <laughs> so I can't. You work at the coding boot camp. I do. Place? I'm a coach. Okay. I'm a uh, virtual coach there. Is so, that a foul? I mean, like, is you get a yellow card for that? You're supposed to like, you know, you're, you're not supposed to eat, eat your own dog food that way. Uh, you know, as long as the money's good, I'm not biting that hand. <laughs> okay. It's like it's it's like uh, dating dating your professor in college or something. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's like one of those things where we have a, a fucked up society where guys can do it and girls can't. So, so so since I'm a guy, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. Uh, that's. I think that's what's riding like, the patriarchy. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the um, no, I think that this uh, involvement in this project itself and then the podcasting 2.0 sphere has taught me probably twice as much as the other stuff just because of the open source nature and the communication with people specific that are just outside of the stack that I was formally taught. Cause mm. this coding school itself is full stack for C sharp and .NET web developing, which is great for a lot of different stuff. Um, but it's kind of specific in its scope. And then you're dumped into this podcasting 2.0. So you have to learn about lightning. You have to learn about, Linux to run your node. You have to learn Raspy Blitz or whatever you happen to be running your node on. Uh, mm. All of these different languages that I had never even touched. And then, of course, yeah. you you go run and, and build uh, Helipad and Rust, which I have no idea about any of Rust. I've you know I've not <laughs> I even, barely do myself. I'm not even uh, I've not even read about it because there's so many things in this to do list bucket that I have, and I just kind of yeah, it's I, overwhelming. Oh, yeah. I try to pull one out and work on it, but. I'm so relieved to have one of them out of the bucket now, which is getting Helipad into Raspy Blitz as a service. So, so tell me about that. I've, I've, I saw you post that the other day, and uh, is that how's that going to work? Are they going to pull the latest version, or 
so what, what's that going to look like? As or of, do you have to do that? As of right now, our script pulls 1.8, and I was discussing this with C-dubs. We want to write uh, just some simple line that just looks for the latest one upon install, because we okay. do have an update call, too, and our update method, basically what it does is it uninstalls Raspy Blitz, but preserves the database, or excuse me, it uninstalls Helipad, but it mm. preserves the database, and then it goes and runs the install uh, prompt again. So if we just have that check for latest uh, release as part of that install, then we won't have to rewrite code and re-release it. But as as of now, yeah, um, it just kind of points to 1.8. How can I help? Can I can I create a tag in the GitHub that's just uh, called latest and just update that each time? Um, that's when a great, I do a full release. That's a great question. We were thinking about how to program it, but I haven't uh, I haven't dove in. Because of all of the all of the testing I had to do to get everything in place for today, well, um, I think I should just create a, a release tag called latest. That's essentially what I do in Docker Hub. Okay, yeah, that would be cool. And then we could just look at yeah. latest and yeah. set our version variable based upon that. And it'll only get updated when uh, when a new full release happens. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. Because then it will make okay. our install process uh, pick the latest one, and it'll make our update work. Which are both important things, but yeah, I'm I'm excited because uh, when I initially did the PR, this is the first pull request I've ever done uh, aside from Abel Kirby's boost bait. You know, getting an MP3 added to a list, <laughs> which is kind of simple. Um, the ras the Raspberry Blitz thing, you know, you gotta fork it, and then you're working on the dev branch, and then mm-hmm. you gotta PR from your fork to their dev branch, and I really yeah. was just. Uh, going along and not really knowing what I'm doing and looking at other people's scripts and uh, kind of basing my templates off that. But after testing and looking at everything, it all worked. Uh, Rootsol, who's the manager of that project, the, the main dev, he kind of pointed me in the right direction to get SSL and Tor configured. So now that works. Mm, oh, cool. And okay. um, yeah, so if you're a Raspy Blitz user, once this 1.7.2 update is released, which... I think they're like 96 percent of the way there they're, it's um it's pretty imminent it doesn't have like a release date set but uh they're very close he decided uh it looked it looked good enough and worked good enough that he uh added it to the as a last minute addition to the to the next release so well congratulations congratulations you too you're the, you're the builder of this thing and i was gonna actually ask you because adam saved our ass uh on a- friday with uh with that boost that I sent in because he said oh at the very end <laughs> he yeah. saved my ass because I didn't boost it soon enough you know I saw your uh, post about you always make the root post for the cross app comments yeah and it's a picture uh-huh. of your little uh, podcast setup your studio mm-hmm. and I was like oh shit I need to <laughs> I need to put my boost <laughs> in so they talk about uh, the bulls with buds today um, oh yeah so I I sh- shot it in there and of course you do the print thing so. Um, it yeah. didn't get onto your printed, uh, I do not stuff. use helipad. I have a, I have a, a script that, that I run a shell script that pulls everything out of, out of L and D. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not even up to date with my, I'm not eating my own dog food See, either. I, so. I was going to add, you know, you build this beautiful tool that we all love and then, uh, yeah. where is the, where you're not even using it. Uh, I'll so- tell you the, I'll tell you exactly why I don't use it because, um, well, for two reasons the, Number one is I don't want to see the boost before the show. Uh, Got so it. I, I literally just 
print like I, I have a script that I run that sent that emails them all to me. So then when I get home, I do the show on, on Fridays on my lunch break. So I, the last thing I do before I leave for lunch is I, I SSH into to the server that handles this stuff, uh, run the script. It shoots all of them to me as an as an email. And um, then I, I run home, select them all out of my email and hit print. And then they shoot out of the printer and I don't even I don't look at them before I because I want to be surprised reading out the messages. It's, Gotta be cold me, reading, cold reading. Yeah, cold. Yeah, I love cold read because it's it's it makes it fun. And so then, uh, but the other reason is because the podcast index node is where all these things come into, and um, we have um, it's over five hundred thousand transactions Jeez. as the last time I checked. So. Um, well, that's because in development, much, uh, I didn't, I didn't want to break, I didn't want to like stress test helipad too quickly. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, every boost that happens on the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem goes through podcast index node, right? Well, I mean theoret- theoretically, I guess. Um, if if everybody, you know, remember it's all, uh, it's all honor system. It's all voluntary. We just, right? Yeah, we just ask for one percent, and if nobody, you know, if somebody doesn't want to, I mean that. We don't know. It's all it's all lightning. It's all anonymous. Nobody there's no way even there's not even way to check. So we don't we just don't care. So there's not a there's not a um that's not a hundred percent and I'm sure there's lots of stuff going on that doesn't doesn't peel off one percent for the for the API. Sure. And and the only the the other thing about that is the API, excuse me, the one percent only we only ask for it if you use the API. So if ah, somebody's gotcha. not using our API and they go off and you know, want to do stuff then they'll they'll never even see the one percent. So it's it's all open source so that there's that part of things. So but we do see lots of transactions because most people do use the API because we hold all of the value blocks, uh, value block data. Uh, so since everybody uses us pretty much mostly, we do see a high percentage of of transactions come through and um, I have to check, but I mean, like as of like a month ago, it was it was well over half a million transactions, wow. and these are all small. I mean, like you know, three sats, one sat. I mean, sure. these are all you know fractions of a penny. So, but it um, is kind of like, it, at least to my knowledge, it's the most utilized use case so far of this micro payment ecosystem that like everyone's been promising for so long. Oh, you can do micro payments. Oh, people will do all micro payments. Like the only two places I've really seen it are. One in like freemium gaming where you can buy little dumb shit for your character and the other, yeah. this value for value system. I think this is as micro as micro payments can possibly get. I would agree with that for sure. I mean, cause you know, those micro payments, you throw around the term micro payment and it's exactly what you said, like buying some, uh, custom armor in a, you know, RPG online right. game and, and you know, okay, I spent $2 on this. Well, yeah, okay, but I mean, this is way lower than that. These these are fractions of a penny. Yep. Streaming once every minute, and that's that is a that's an interesting thing to do because you you end up stressing out a lot of systems, and 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 we did we put a lot we put a lot of stress on the Lightning Network early on. I mean, people were like, yeah, on Twitter, you'd have people that have big routes, and they would post they'd. A tweet that uh oh my god i like all of my transactions for the last two days solid have been podcasting 2.0 transactions <laughs> you know we just soaked their channels you yep. know it's, 
we really put a lot of stress on that, but it was actually good. And I think um, it helped out a lot of people like at Lightning Labs and that kind of thing to see how this thing would behave if their vision of the world of micropayments actually existed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you can't get there. You can't get, you, you can have these visions of a world where, Oh, well, you know, people we're going to this theoretically, this lightning uh, network mesh can handle a million transactions a second. Okay. That's great. But uh, do you know that it will? Right. No. <laughs> well, why don't we, why don't we give it a little, give it a little gas pedal and see what happens. So I think we did that in a lot of ways. And so, and, and, one, the wonderful thing is it's mostly held up really well. I mean, yep. Channels channels go dry, but you know people have to learn to balance, and it's just part of the system. Yeah, I was just gonna say like it's easy for node operators to complain like, "Wow, you blew out my channels!" But I think yeah. this whole experience is making better node operators because, as especially if you're a routing node operator, if you're trying to route payments. That's your job. That's your job to manage channels, and that's your job to make sure that the fees are set to where you know you're getting at least to break even or not losing your ass too bad or you know wherever you want to be as far as routing payments goes. That that's up to the node operator themselves. You know, if you have channels open and they're public channels, then you're telling the network, hey, you can use my liquidity. So if your channels get blown out. That only makes the node operator better. They go in, they say, all right, well, these fees need to be higher on this channel because it's getting all sucked out to um, to the remote. And uh, this this one is where I need to re- just rebalance the most. Um, it, I'm telling you, it's been definitely the biggest uh, learning part for me as far as the, the node operations go, just how these things route. Well, it gives you the chance... As a node op- as a node operator to to decide what type of traffic that you want to participate in, because you say, well, you know, I don't want I don't want to route uh, five thousand uh, one sat fee transactions a day. Right. I just don't I don't want to do it. Uh, that's not my use case or whatever. Well, you raise your fee on that on those particular channels, and it's problem solved. Another thing that we've kind of discovered softly is you, there's kind of two use cases for lightning right now and one of them is in big payments and moving big numbers and the other one is moving really these tiny microtransactions and we've seen you can set your fees accordingly because there's a base fee and a ppm a parts per million fee a Mm. percentage that you can charge and so if you're encouraging micropayments you can say no base fee i'm just charging this in parts per million and that way you're not paying every single payment one sat because if three sat payment comes through, which is, you know, it's not uncommon, uh, you're charging 25% or actually you're charging 33% on top of that just by adding a base fee of one. That's the Apple channel. Yeah. You get 30% of everything that comes through. Exactly. <laughs> Come and t- uh, we will take your sets. Um, but you can set that to zero and then have a higher PPM to compensate. And then the higher PPM is sort of shied away from by the macro payments, the big ones, but the micros will come through because that's not even charging a sat on every transaction. And then you can do just the opposite. If you want big payments and you want to discourage, if you you want no podcasting 2.0 micro payments or any other micro payments to come through your channels, setting that base fee even as high as five or six, uh, but a higher base fee and a lower PPM can achieve that. So um, yeah, it's an easy problem to solve if yep. you want to get out of that game. And you don't have to do it on all your channels, just just the ones that are prone to getting soaked. 
Exactly. Um, and yeah, we, we, you know, we have to talk this out a lot because, uh, the, the podcast index node is the way that we bootstrap this. And so we, we just leave all the stats that come into the podcast index node, we leave on the node and those go into funding new channel opens for, for podcasters and podcasters are constantly booting up umbrals and raspberry pies and I mean, raspberry blitzes and these kinds of things. And, you know, at least once a week, if not more, somebody will say, you know, Hey, just got my umbrella up and running and you say, okay, well here's, you know, here's a hundred thousand sat channel. And what we end up with is, you know, we have 140 channels on our node, uh, of various sizes. And, um, that is the way that the, the network is starting. That's the way the network is getting, is getting its initial liquidity. Now, a lot of those, a lot of those channels end up just kind of going dead. Yeah. Or I don't, I don't want to say a lot, but there's a percentage of them, maybe 20% that end up no, either, either they are never look at it again, or they don't know that they're supposed to keep things in balance and that sort of thing. And all of a sudden they stop getting sats and they're like, Hey, what's going on? And, and we have to give them some advice on how to, how to get that done. But that's, that's where, that's what we're doing on the money side is just trying to get, Say okay, here's the podcast index node. It sort of sits at the at the center of this spoken, you know, spoken hub design. And anybody who needs a, a some some liquidity to get up and going quickly, here you go. You know, get up get up and going. And now now once you figure it out, then go off and do your own thing. Nice. I think that uh, I am sort of going to shift toward that mentality too. I've like you mentioned before, I've been leading Rings of Fire, and yeah. I kind of try to explain it every time, and uh, a ring of fire, for those that don't know, is a, I've been describing it now as a channel creation strategy. Uh, it doesn't really necessarily create an entity afterwards or after you're done, like, um, people want to be like, oh, now I'm in a ring of fire, which it's it's sort of true, but it doesn't, it's not as significant as you would think, especially if you have multiple channels. So... Basically, the, the premise of Ring of Fire is, say I want to participate in a 1 million sat Ring of Fire. I get six guys together to do this ring. It can be any number, three or larger, technically. But we always went for six because it's kind of nice and, um, you know, it's, it allows enough people to participate, but not too many, so that the uh, connection and the hops are still pretty low between everybody. Uh, number one will open a channel of a million sats to number two, who opens a channel of a million sats to number three, and so forth, all the way, all around the ring, with number six opening back to number one. And then one guy, any it can be anybody in the or girl uh, in the ring, uh, can send half of that capacity all the way around the ring and back to themselves. And what that does is balance everybody's channel. And so in the end, you get two balanced 1 million sat capacity channels for the price of only opening one. And mm. that's just the basic uh, nutshell version of what a ring of fire is and does. It gives you two channels. They're both balanced. You pay only for one. Um, but I think that a, there's not a lot of podcasters who are really wanting to get into the routing game totally. Uh, and B it's sort of um it's been so hard to like explain and uh, come to grips with like there's the one part of just understanding it yourself, which I've kind of feel good about after organizing uh, five podcast ring of fires. Now I feel pretty good about that side of it, 
but then explaining the hows and whys, I feel almost like it would be more beneficial just to start opening direct channels to people and giving them inbound liquidity. Yeah, that, I mean, that's immediately helpful to people. Right. I mean, long, long, it's, it's sort of that whole, uh, was it to get, you know, give a fish or teach them how to fish sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you there has to be a little bit of both because, you know, teaching you how to fish, you're, you're going to be hungry the whole time you're fishing. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so, but th- there's a little bit of both there, but it does help to just open the channel. Uh, now, the problem you run into, and we run into this as well, is node, you know, there's a route discovery process that happens on Lightning nodes. Right. And they... There's an al- there's algorithms for it and there's proposals for for how to change those to make them better constantly, but these route discovery algorithms uh, they really prioritize uptime um, and speed. Yep, uh, that's really the the things that they look at the most. And so if you have channels that are constantly going up and down, uh, they'll never get they'll never get any routes through. They'll never get any any forwarding through them, and uh, it can also really slow down because you're talking about a route discovery algorithm that has to go through potentially 140 different route checks, uh, like in, in the case of our node. So the, luckily they have affinity so that once your node sees a good route for a particular incoming channel to another channel, it tends to do that over and over and not go through the full, the full process again. Um, but that is something to keep in mind is you, you know, if the, the higher your channels go up, especially with home nodes that have tour channels, right. Those tour channels are so slow. Yep. Yeah. And it takes a while. Yeah. It can, it can slow your transaction time down to, you know, even eight to 10 seconds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but think about, you know, extrapolate this out, not just from podcasting because that's happening in the background and the app can sort of handle it. But think about, sort of this future of what lightning wants to be, which is a payment, a high yep. speed payment platform. And if you're sitting there at the checkout counter, you know, waiting 10 seconds to see if your payment's going to work, that's, that's not a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. This is true. Um, before we move completely away from helipad, I did want to say C-Dub suggested, uh, for the next update, we, we saw your beautiful, uh, CSV download and the, the nice little icon for podcasting, uh, podcastindex.org there. Um, oh. but maybe to integrate yourself into your own product, we, we'd like you to add a little print icon right there and you can just click print from the helipad. Oh, like print what you see on the screen? Like just, uh, so it sends it to your printer. Yeah. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Physical, I, th- I mean physical like. Physical paper. Yeah. I gotcha. I gotcha. No, I, I, I like, um, I don't like, like I said, I don't like technology and, uh, so the the paper the paper makes me it's like it feels like I can get my hands on it yeah. you know so I can I can uh, I can it it becomes real it's like uh, it's the difference between sending somebody a Spotify playlist and handing them a mixtape <laughs> that's the uh, that's the same thing I am I'm, I'm these little mini legal pads with pen and paper all the time for all my notes. that's me I would yeah. totally be lost without the pen, the the yellow paper here <laughs> yeah that's me I, I love uh, the clipboard I got a clipboard sitting right here and the and the legal pad beautiful yeah i like it uh so let's back up like as far as we can back up because uh i know this story has kind of been told but uh i think a lot of people have heard it from adam's perspective and i just wanted to get sort of your 
meeting Adam kind of origin story and the, uh, mm. um, you know, was it no agenda or was it earlier than that with Daily Source or, you know, your early relationship with podcasting and with Adam? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, that that goes back. I met Adam uh, on a project with Dave Weiner, and this was probably two... Uh, I'm going to say this is 2009 or 10, uh, maybe. It's right around that time. It, he was... I had just begun listening to No Agenda, so that was... Uh, that would have probably been around 2009 or 2010. I can't remember. But I uh, just started listening to the show, and he is he was talking about his being involved with this new project with Dave Weiner and um, it was the OPML editor, what's called the um, frontier is the old frontier code that used to work run on the Mac. And it was updated and renamed to the OPML editor. Uh, it ran on windows and it was basically a Mac app. And then with a windows port of that Mac app. And what it did was it took a bunch of OPML outlines um, XML and would make show notes or not, it would make these outlines out of them and it would publish them onto like a HTML page. And it also had a component to it that would, uh, that was a, a river of news, like an RSS news reader. And it had a micro blog, little posting tool that would create a, a RSS feed for you. Just had sort of like a, it's just this nice little publishing package that you could use. And, um, the, the, ecosystem or the project around it was called EC2 for poets and the EC2 EC2 from Amazon was still brand. It was very new. I mean, it has only been around for a couple of years at that point, I think. And uh, so that this idea was that all these, uh, what you would do is you would spin up an EC2 virtual machine on Amazon, install windows on it, and then uh, load up the OPML editor software and it would become a web server for you to do this little publishing empire that you had. And you point a domain at it. And uh, that's what Adam began using for the No Agenda show notes system. Uh, and it's like nashownotes.com or whatever it was. And so I got in, I just thought it was cool. And I got in there and started, you know, mucking around with the code. And then uh, joined the mailing list and began to communicate with Adam and Dave Weiner and uh, Ted um remember Ted's last name, but, um, we just did a whole, you know, had a whole bunch of people in there, Dan McTuff and, um, got to know everybody that way. Well, then a couple of years later, um, Dave, Dave Weiner had changed, done something with software. Um, and there was sort of a big falling out there. And, uh, Adam contacted me and said, Hey, you know, this software is not, it's not really working for me right now. Do you, do you want to do a project? I said, yeah, sure. And so he had this idea to do like this social network thing based on OPML outlines and, and that kind of thing. Hmm. And I said, well, um, well, that's interesting because I have this project that I've been working on on the side. And what I had been doing for the last maybe five months before he contacted me was um, I'd been trying to take the what was the OPML editor functionality and build it as a native Linux app because this, the whole thing with windows and, and having this, it was just awful. And the app didn't work on multiple processors and it was all built in C and it was just a mess. And so I'm like, well, let's just, I'm just going to re-implement a lot of this functionality as a native, just a 
vanilla lamp PHP application and uh, had started working on that already and already had it, a lot of it done. And then when Adam contacted me and said, Hey, let's do this other thing. I'm like, well, why don't we just put these two things together? These two ideas. We'll have a, we'll have a publishing system and a social network all baked into one thing, but it's also got this one thing that, that you don't haven't seen before that I did that I've been wanting forever. And that is what I'd always wanted was the ability to go and save articles from the internet that I read because I'm constantly reading articles. I want to save them every time I read one, sort of an Instapaper readability thing where it would suck out all, you know, just make it nice and formatted, suck out all the banners and junk and ads and give you this nice looking article and save it in a database. Then that becomes your searchable archive mm-hmm. of all the things you've ever read so that if you say, oh, man, I read this article. It's really good. I read it like six months ago, but I don't remember the title. But I just remember it was about such and such. Yeah. Well, then you just go and search and search for such and such. And there, you, there it is. You find it. So it was sort of like this brain archival tool. And um, and the idea was as you're reading the news in your news in your RSS reader, you're clicking on them. It's sucking the stuff in and you don't ever have to worry about whether you're whether or not you go and save a copy. And um, Adam was like, uh, oh, this is fantastic. I can use this for show notes. And so we built that. We modified it to be a show notes system. And that became the Freedom Controller software. Um, because what Adam could do is just save articles all week as he's reading them. Sure. And then on show day, go and select the list of articles he wants to publish to show notes. And then publish them to, and they become this nice outline. And um, so that's how we met and began to do projects together. And then we did freedom controller for you know, many years, you know, long time. And, um, then, uh, you know, over, uh, through that process became good at RSS feeds and how to parse them at, at high volumes and speeds and, mm. um, and that kind of thing. And then, you know, when he had the idea for this project, it was like, uh, Hey, let's take all this knowledge we've learned and do something different. I was like, okay, that's great. Let's do it. <laughs> so I know so that's, yeah, that's the, that's the thumbnail sketch. You guys have talked kind of recently about the origin story of podcasting 2.0. And Adam's also done the rounds at like Tom Woods and other shows kind of discussing it. But what, what was sort of the genesis of that? Just was it, was it just kind of time to, to bake something up for, for a new era of podcasting? It was just kind of, I mean, it ended up being pretty timely in that, you know, uh, Alex Jones and a lot of other, uh, the X-22 or whatever it is, a lot of other stuff got banned from the Apple index specifically. Yeah. Um, but was there any one sort of catalyst that, that sparked uh, the Podcasting 2.0 project? Or was it just kind of like, hey, we've been thinking about this for a while, it's time to start executing? No, Adam called me out of the blue one day uh, with this idea because he had heard it on... Uh, the accidental tech podcast um, with uh, Marco Arment and um, he had heard Marco and those guys talking about how, how I think the impetus for it, for that episode was that Apple had released its own podcast called uh, the Apple news podcast. And when they did it, what they did was they, they put it into the API so that the Apple iTunes API, which is public 
and which is the default directory API that most apps used at that at that time to find podcasts when they put their Apple News podcast into the into the directory you could find it in the API and you could see all the information about it but one thing was missing and that was the URL of the of the podcast RSS feed so the Apple API would give you back all the details of their podcast but they wouldn't give you the feed. Hmm. So it was very um, disconcerting because it's like, oh, okay, I forgot that this free service that Apple provides to all these developers who write podcast apps, I forgot that it's at their benevolence and their whim whether or not they sort of play fair. Sure. And at any given moment, they can add an mm -hmm. algo or hide a show or... Yep. Do exactly anything. right. That's exactly right. And he was like, and and so they were talking on the show. They said, well, you know, this is, this is not cool. Um, it's not cool that this humongous company, literally the biggest company in the world, um, that they are the ones who get to dictate whether or not we can find RSS feeds for podcasts. Um, and it really wasn't so much a censorship thing as it was just a, that situation is not, that's not the way it should be. Podcasting is an open, decentralized ecosystem. You should not be have you should not have one entity ever be in control of whether you can find these things or not. Right. Especially a for profit, gigantic multinational. And um, so he said. Uh, so you know, he called and said, "Hey, we can fix this." And initially, it was just he said, "You know, let's just do a directory. Let's do a directory." And the whole idea is. If we find a feed or if you want to put a feed in there, it's just in there. We're not going to make editorial decisions. We're just, it's going to be a Google like Google type situation where if we find it, you can find it. And the editorial decisions, those are for other people to make, to, to make decisions about. And let's, let's attach an API to it. That way apps can bootstrap very quickly and not have to have a full back end of a bunch of servers. They can just hook into the API, find all the podcast feeds. And then if they want to filter things and, you know, uh, be sense sensorious or ever, you know, whatever that, that word is, if they want to do those things, you know, fine, let them do it. But, but we're not going to do that. Um, and so that the, the idea for, you know, uh, the, the namespace and streaming, sats and value for all that stuff came later but the initial idea was just that that let's let's make this thing of let's let's take the podcast yellow the yellow pages of podcasting if you want to call it that let's take that back yeah uh, from this big company yeah and it, it definitely should be open i mean me as a podcaster putting all of my stuff on a publicly searchable feed that anybody can navigate to on the internet I definitely want that to be able to be, you know, if you're using any podcast app that's worth its salt, you should be able to find my show in there because it's it's broadcast. It's like the broadest of casts you can do in in the modern world yeah. is is to the internet. So, yeah, and uh, you know, we that's you know, when I, I get in we we go about this around uh, around with this a lot where we say yes, it is it is a free speech thing. We do believe in freedom of speech, um, and and that that's an important thing. You know, people, free freedom. I mean, free. I hope 
I hope nobody has a problem with saying, you know, the, the, the idea that freedom is the most important thing in humanity, but yeah, uh, that we, seems we, fairly, fairly obvious. But we, we agree with that for sure. Yeah. But that's not, but that's not the only, that's not the only thing here. I mean, it's, it's a matter of just the idea that nobody should be in between you and, and the, and the podcaster making decisions on your behalf. And so, um, you know, I'm looking like Sir Ben Rose is saying that, uh, the, that we still do make editorial decisions, prune feeds. And I've tried to be very clear about that. The, the, there are things that we can't do. We can't, uh, we're, I'm not going to host things that are just ripoffs of other people's content. I mean, then, then, I mean, we're not pirate Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody's ripping off Rogan feeds and, and, and rehosting them, I mean, le- legally, I'm not sure how how are we supposed to do that. That's not that's not doable. But and the but the other thing is just is just junk feeds. So we've go we go through and we we do prune out things that are um, they have a form of being a podcast, but they have no they don't have any content. So um, an example would be somebody who and I, and I, I saw one this morning um, was a old anchor podcast where it was just, it, it was some teenager and the, the description of the podcast said uh, on the anchor page said, uh, this was for my high school project. And it was like a minute and a half of them like reading half of a Wikipedia article. And that oh, was it. No. <laughs> and it was like from like two years ago. So, I mean, that's, that's not a podcast, right? Uh, what we want to do is we want to host podcast, you know, like make podcasts findable, not all audio that pretends to be one, but you know, because I, I can just put a bunch of you know fart noises into a podcast uh, RSS feed, but that's not that's not a that's not content. That's just garbage. Now I, uh, I saw you posting not too long ago the the poop pot. <laughs> it was just one that said poop or something. Yeah, that, that's three that's seconds and they yeah. said poop. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, our our criteria for that is extremely low. And I'm talking about um, the the our if it ha- if it is less than two episodes and the and excuse me less than three episodes because Anchor um, encourages you to do a trailer. So if it's less than three episodes and none of the episodes are longer than three minutes, uh, then they get flagged. They get they get marked as dead. They're still there, but they get marked as dead. And mm-hmm. later. If they come back and put and put in another episode or something about that changes, it will come back. Gotcha. But, and and it's only really it's a self defense mechanism for free hosting providers. Um, the the big three free ones are Anchor, Spreaker, and iVooks. Those three they have h- hundreds of thousands of feeds, and um, most of them are just, most of them are not super valuable. Because they're free and people can just jump on there, spin up a podcast, and you know just shit around for five minutes and then never touch it again. There's there's that sort. It's just really a sort of a spam garbage uh, protection mechanism sure. of that where we where we look for these these bar these basement level garbage feeds and say you know hey we're we're gonna put these we're gonna mark these as dead. If somebody comes back later, logs in and starts actually posting some content then then they'll they'll resurrect themselves but you, sh- you sort of have to make these decisions uh because if you're talking about 
I mean, you could get to a point where you had 10 million podcast feeds, quote unquote podcast feeds. Well, at that scale, um, then it becomes a technical issue. I mean, how are you going to, how are you going to parse this many feeds in a, in a, in a timely way? And so really it's a sort of a technical self-defense mechanism more than anything else. I would not call that an editorial decision. Sure. What it's I'm saying. more of a spam filter that's uh, manually yeah. applied or uh, slightly manually. I mean, you have a, you have criteria you're setting to pull all of those out, but. Yeah. I mean, it's like running spam, you know, it's like, it's like spinning up an account at fast mail uh, or proton mail. Sure. And, um, and saying, well, yeah, I, I don't want you touching my mail. I don't want you interfering with my mail in any way. But but I also don't want spam. And so there has to be this sort of balancing act there between what you're looking for. What they're looking for is not the 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 the, um, the content itself or the the meaning of the content. Uh, they're looking for the quality of the content. And they're like, OK, this is not an email. This is a this is a piece of garbage. Right. Um, and I think I can I think I can see that this is garbage and nobody actually wants this. And so I'm going to get rid of it, but I am, but sometimes I could make a mistake. And if that's, you know, you can go get it back out of the spam box if I made a mistake, but sure. I think it's just this balancing act that, that goes on. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I mean, with, with what, four and a half million feeds, it's hard to get it right for every single one of them. I mean, there's always mm-hmm. going to be those edge cases, Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it's the, I think the important distinction there is it's not a political decision what you're making. You know, it's not like a, the content of somebody's show. It's just, is this even a show is the only question we're asking. Yeah. That's what I'm trying. That's, you know, that's what I'm trying to say is that, uh, it, is it even a show? Is it even a podcast? And just like, I don't think spam isn't, is it, is email. Correct. Yeah. And somebody's, uh, you know, 15 second, uh, one episode, uh, podcast on anchor. I don't think that's a podcast. Right. That's that's just somebody shitting around, and, and you know that's that's fine. I mean, anybody, you know, one of these days, uh, Anchor is going to get out of the podcast business altogether, and then all those shows are going to go away anyway. So it's sort of, sort of a moot discussion because most most uh, most of the content providers, or excuse me, podcast providers, this is not even it's not even a thing. I never even look at it. There's only three. Right. Um, there really is only three, and it's sort of. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like, uh, like I said, it's sort of that I just consider them spam. That makes sense. Well, this, this is kind of a fun, um, way to sit down and have everybody test a bunch of crap because I'm just, I can barely keep an eye on the chat and, uh, the boost spot's <laughs> been going off, the helipad's been going off and, uh, for, from what little I'm catching, uh, there's mm. payments failing and things breaking and, and we're running with scissors here, man. That's, that's what I love. We're, we're <laughs> being nuts and running with scissors. And this is a chance for a bunch of people just to, uh, test their stuff all at once. So, um, we definitely appreciate all that and, uh, we'll read it here in a little while, but if you're also out there and, uh, you have a question for Mr. Jones, there is a way to, uh, get that in, right? Yeah, it's super simple. All you got to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of force will after 
Yes, that's right. And you can text too. 816-607-3663. The texts will get through too. If you're voice shy, it's okay. Just send a text. Picture mails work too. Uh, anything. Anything to the bowl. We did have a couple of questions that people asked me to ask you. And <laughs> okay. uh, one of those was pretty simple one. Sir Seat Sitter was just wondering... Uh, you know, your node's name is Dave A. Jones, but mm-hmm. why isn't it Dave A. Jones Locker? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I mean, I had to you know the the David the David Jones Locker and the David Jones from the Monkeys. Uh, that's uh, those are uh, the top, standard top two. standard fare. Yeah, yeah. I knew it would yeah. be something totally unique you'd never heard before. Um, well, my home that's that's my regular node. My home node, the Umbral. Uh, it's a name. It's it's aliases. Stay safe. So ah, yes. see, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see the safety one at all. Yeah, but of course, how could I? I wasn't searching Don't. for stay safe. <laughs> um, CSB had a question that might be a little bit more difficult, and he was talking about. Is it about AI dot cooking? It isn't about AI dot cooking, and he didn't say okay. yo. But okay. uh, he was wondering about support for the embedded chapters that you can do with MP3. And I feel like I've heard talk about that before on the show uh, and how, you know, right now it's like a separate JSON file. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was wondering, and he mentions a certain service that uh, that um, looks for the chapters inside the MP3 file itself. If he integrates both, will that still work on the podcast index feed or will it, you know, still accept... Um, will it accept embedded MP3 chapters? Uh, I'm not sure what how that would work. I mean, we, what we do is index. We index what's in the feed. We don't create content. Um, and because we we don't serve the chapters back as some sort of uh like separate thing. Like if the if the feed specifies a chapters file, a JSON file with chapters in it. We serve that back as the J as the JSON chapters file URL, but we don't we don't go and suck the chapters out of that JSON file and then serve them back as a list of chapters. Sure, it's just how the R- how the apps look and parse it stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I mean, I, we're not going to interfere. We there's no way we interfere with it, but we don't we don't somehow suck them out and then give them back as you know as con- as chapter content. Um, so I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's. It's not a problem, but we also don't. We just don't do it. So here's the specific question. I finally tracked it down so that I okay. can, <laughs> because I'm sure he's going to be like, "You didn't ask it right." Uh, ask Dave if second feed converted from NMP3 chapters to cloud chapters 2.0 would be acceptable in his index. For example, ATP cloud chapters on top of existing ATP with MP3 embedded chapters. Yeah, of course. And then yeah. he says some podcasts like popular ATP.fm refuse to offer podcasting uh, 2.0 cloud chapters and only offer the embedded ones. So if I convert mm. with script to cloud chapters in a new feed, would such new feed be accepted in the index? And I think, Oh, okay. So, so he's, he's talking about like cloning a feed and then, uh, with different, uh, architecture kind of, yeah. Clone, like having a clone feed. So this would be like ATP cloud chapter f- feed. Um, I don't, I mean, I mean, I guess yeah, wouldn't, I, wouldn't the wouldn't the obvious answer be to just embed the chapters in the MP3 and have the JSON included for the cloud chapters? Yeah, I don't, I don't see the value in that. I mean, if he wants to do it, he can. It's free country; he can do whatever he wants. But um, or world. Oh, he's in the EU, so 
Well, then I take it back. Then <laughs> that, that that's absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> um, no, I mean he can do it if he wants, but it's just not. You know, I, he may get a he may get a uh, nasty email from uh, the ATP guys wanting him to not clone their feet. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't see the point. I guess I mean a lot of a lot of apps do support MP3 chapters embedded, and uh, and I think um, I mean Mark uh, Marco had said publicly that he's looking into doing uh, cloud chapters uh, support into uh, overcast overcast at some point. So I don't think that. I think it'll eventually show up anyway, but you know, they can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of the system, right? Is uh, even, even when we use language like this is required, I can make a feed and the feed can say pretty much anything. Right. And uh, the, there are breaking, um, there are certain breaking things that, you know, the XML just won't parse correctly, but the, the, the word required in specs always makes me chuckle. Because you can you can say that anything you 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 can say whatever you want is required, but saying it doesn't mean that it actually produces reality. Sure, you know, I mean, if you say that you're uh, you're required to put this in your feed, um, what if they don't? Uh, then they show up to your house and give you a spanking, <laughs> David. Yeah, you can't make you can't make anybody do anything. They spank and you in person, man. It's the internet. And so they're most likely going to be a decent percentage of any any content that's not going to meet the required spec. Uh, so as part of the namespace building, we've tried to be extremely conservative with what we label as required, mostly because it's irrelevant anyway if you say that it's required because they can do whatever they want. Sure. But... Um, the big, you know, the bigger thing is you. Every time you say that something is required, you better it better make sense why it should be, uh, and there better not be very many of those because every time you put a requirement on somebody, it it just makes it much harder to implement. You're like, oh, you know, yep. optional optional is always the way to go if you can if it makes sense within the design design parameters. Optional is always the right decision if. There are some things, okay, for the live tag, for instance, the live tag, clearly we all understand that there has to be a URL in there to the live stream somewhere. Yep, sure. Okay, so making it required makes sense. Yeah. But it's also redundant, too. You can say, okay, it's required, and everybody's like, yeah, duh. You didn't even actually have to say it's required. Of course. Um, because we we get it. I mean, it's got a point somewhere. So that makes sense. And you can say, okay, this is required. You're required to have a URL. And everybody's like, yeah, we already knew we were going to have to have one anyway, so whatever. So the next thing that you require, you better think long and hard about making that a requirement. Uh, because anything other than a live stream URL, you're going to have to make an argument for that. And sure. And the arguments is where everything breaks down. The argument has to basically be literally everyone is going to have to use it, right? Uh, yes. And as soon as you can say, well, this person doesn't need that, then the required language just disappears <laughs> right there, right? Mm-hmm. That's the part where it falls apart. Um, yeah. And that and the other, it's that requirements, onerous requirements will kill a protocol spec. Uh, and the other thing that will kill a protocol spec faster than anything is naming things. Now, we, uh, we use Dave Weiner's Rule for Standards Makers. 
as sort of the Bible of building specs. And the reason is because it's, it's plain English and it makes a lot of sense. And the, one of the biggest things that he says is it, you know, perfection is a waste of time. It doesn't matter. Uh, let's see. Let me see if I can pull it up. He says, um, uh, okay. He says, it totally doesn't matter what we call it. We can learn to use anything. There are more and more important things to spend time on. And I, I think that is a hundred percent right. I get irritated by endless discussions about what to call things. Um, look at so many of the specifications that we use on the internet. They don't make any sense. They're called weird things. And, uh, and you know what? It's fine. It's just fine because we all understand that the, that the name of the thing doesn't correspond to what it actually does. Um, and it's just fine. I mean, think like, uh, the icons in the taskbar of a word of a word document editor uh, of a text editor uh, looks like a floppy disk, but that's not that's nobody uses floppy disk anymore. But we just we understand that's what that thing is supposed to be. That thing that looks like a thing that I don't know what it is anymore. That that is the thing that makes me not lose a file, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter that it's called a floppy disk, right? And um, the same thing with. Um, you know, with with RSS feeds, uh, like um, I mean, even even chapters. Uh, chapter is a is a concept that came you know from books and and that sort of thing. Does it apply to audio? I, I mean, I don't know, but we all understand what it's supposed to represent. Sure. And so the things like that, requiring things that uh, that don't that shouldn't really be requirements, and and naming like having these big discussions about what to name something. I. I really have little patience for those things. Well, you kind of strike me as a similar guy to myself in that whole um, freedom, liberty streak going where like for me, if you tell me, hey, I got this optional feature, then I'm like, oh, yeah, well, what's that all about? But if you come Mm -hmm. to me and with the same feature, with the exact same everything, only you say, hey, this is required and you have to add this to your feed and it's required. <laughs> I immediately go from like curious and intrigued to, nah, fuck you. I'm not putting that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't tell me what I have to do. Like, oh, I have to? Well, there it goes. No, I got other shit to do. <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of like the, uh, yeah, you go back to, okay, well, you know, in the lightning spec, you know, what's, what's required? Uh, the amount of sats you're going to send to somebody? Yeah, sure. We're all on board there. Um, what channel you're going to send it to? Okay, sure. Uh, the node address where you're going to send it to? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's about it. You know, there's not a whole lot. We, we, if you try to get in there and say, okay, we're going to have, we're going to have to have you send this, and you, and now you're also going to have to send your, you know, your name, and you're also going to have to send blah blah blah. And I mean, it's like every time you add one more thing, then the arguments happen, and then the flame wars happen, and then everybody gets mad and goes home. Yeah. And you don't get nice things. I've I've seen it happen myself, my friend. I've seen it happen. The flame wars that happen, the the few flame wars that do happen within the podcasting 2.0 project uh, have been manageable and not really that big of a deal. That we, you know, people get in and, and get upset about uh, free speech issues every now and then, and things flare up, and then everybody just chills out and goes home. But it, it, it's been way worse in other projects that I've been. Uh, been involved in and uh, things the whole whole projects have just collapsed because people got feelings hurt or got 
you know, get religious about requirements and sure. things. And it, yeah, it's, it's, it's no fun. Flame wars are terrible. That's the beauty though, of the, of the value for value and of the lightning network and of podcasting 2.0. Like they all coalesce into this idea of a permissionless decentralized protocol where protocol is such a loose term. Like you just have to serve an audio file on an MP3 or on a, on an RSS feed. But, mm. but after that, You've got all these different things that that could become, uh, and it doesn't even have to be an audio file, right? It could be the audio book, or it could be a PDF of books, or you know, uh, with Abel Abel Kirby and I did the the music project, so it can be an album rather than a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. You could do videos. Uh, I I know you guys you guys have been talking with the the documentary guy mm-hmm. about doing documentaries. There's just like so many different use cases. So for it to be permissionless. And you're just saying, oh, well, as long as I connect it and broadcast it, if I hook it up to the internet, if I host it somewhere, then everything else can, it can just talk to this space and pull in these assets and serve them to anybody. Mm. I, I love, that's the thing about podcasting that is always, I think people, I mean, clearly people get into everything for different reasons. Podcast, no exception. Some people get into podcasting because they just, they just enjoy talking, um, and they just want to they just want to talk and and tell people things and they enjoy the idea of the broadcast. Uh, some people get into podcasting because they want to make money. Some people get into it uh, for business reasons, corporate reasons. Um, and I think there's also, but I think there's a a section of people that get into it not for the technology, but for the freedom uh, that it represents and the freedom to experiment in the freedom just just the platform itself as free and open because you can once you understand that a podcast is really just a a text file that lives on the internet somewhere you and that that text file just points to other files right you there's nothing you can't do like you said there's it the the there's audiobooks there's video there's music uh there's there's five there's pdfs um, there's every kinds of content that you can think of. And now if you can attach money to it, if you can attach pay, a payment system to it, then you break it open even bigger. And so I think there's a, that's what has always attracted me to the technology of RSS and podcasting specifically is that, that idea that once you understand what it's built on, you also understand by default that there's nothing you cannot build on it. It it's really it's beautiful the way that the open web and HTTP is beautiful. It's a simplistic protocol, uh, and it just says, "Hey, I'm going to give you this thing. I'm going to give the world this thing, and it's going to be in." And we all agree that it's going to look in this format, and then everybody can just read it. Everybody can just do whatever they want to with it. They can see the content just like a web server. If I can think of it. I can put it on a web server yep, and everybody can see it in the same way with podcasting. If I can think of this crazy idea, live, you know, live signaling uh, through the RSS feed that the show just went live. If you can think of that uh, and you can, then it'll work. And you proved on your show today that it works through CurioCaster. So it, it's, it's just beautiful. I love it. That's awesome. I, uh, I wanted to switch cause, uh, I think it was maybe two or three episodes ago, but it was quite recently on podcasting 2.0. 
which I listen to religiously, by the way. <laughs> it's like oh, one of my shows that I never miss. Uh, cool. Thanks. The there was some discussion about um, the whole Bitcoin question and the and the how important that is, and some people are Bitcoin hesitant. And you kind of had just said like that you have totally given up on orange pilling people and totally given up on uh, the evangelizing part of Bitcoin itself. And it just struck a chord with me because I kind of hit a similar spot even within our own own community. Uh, maybe a few months before that. Uh, so I was just wondering if you could maybe touch more on that of like, what, uh, what's the gap there? What made you give up trying to quote unquote orange pill people? <laughs> I, I don't know that it's, I don't know this giving up really as much as it is just trying to be realistic about, about where people are. And I think when it comes to a technology like this, so here's, here's my theory about crypto. This may help. Um, is there's lots, you know, there's lots of cryptocurrency, lots of, lots of blockchain uh, dis- distributed uh, systems out there, uh, lots of coins. Um, I really, and I was talking to Alex Gates about this, uh, we were chatting about this this morning, is there's really only a couple of them to me that are compelling, and they're compelling for completely different reasons. Sure. Uh, I think Hive is compelling uh, because it is almost as an accident of history, it's become this uniquely positioned thing. Um, it's a proof of stake currency, cryptocurrency, and high speed blockchain that doesn't suffer the pre mine problem that every single proof of stake does. Sure. Uh, and what you end up with is this high speed blockchain with a very distributed ownership model. Uh, and I think that's. That is really unique amongst proof of stake, and and I find that 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 to be really uh, powerful. And so I, I like Hive from the standpoint of distributed apps and distributed technology. I think it does it just really well. Now, Bitcoin is the other cryptocurrency that is the is compelling to me, but for a completely different reason. And I think I've said this before: is that Bitcoin is the only cryptocurrency to me that looks and behaves like money. Sure. And so I'm less, I'm less interested in the technological side of what can be done with Bitcoin because I'm more, what I'm really interested in with Bitcoin is the fact that it behaves like money and it's the only one that seems to do that. Money has specific qualities and properties to it and uh, or at least money in as it should be, you know, sound <laughs> money, sound money. Thank you. Yes. Sound money has certain qualities and properties to it. And Bitcoin has those properties and it's the only cryptocurrency that does. And so what that tells me then is I don't have to evangelize it because on a long enough time scale, it will just, it will become itself. It will become money. Um, and there's that, Whenever there's a a high quality thing that acts like a money, it will eventually function as a money. And so I don't have to go out and convince a bunch of people and try to be, you know, orange pill them because eventually if, you know, if things are allowed to play out uh, within a free, in a free world, I think it will act, it will become a money. Now, Will it become the only money? I mean, I get nobody who knows. That's a completely different discussion, but it will become a money. Sure. It already is. It already yeah. is a money. So, you know, 
Yeah, Absolutely. That's what I mean. Yeah, and I think we're still early in uh, as term in terms of adoption and of uh, ease of use and all these different questions that always constantly come up. Um, but I had sort of gotten to the point where when I was encouraging, you know, fellow podcasters to get in and get on board, um, the, the two biggest pushbacks, one was just like that exact ease of use thing where like, this is hard. Uh, I don't know everything about it. I don't understand it fully. Mm. And I sort of ended up developing this analogy of driving cars around and how complicated a car is. And, you know, would you refuse to drive a car until you knew how to rebuild an engine or until you knew how a transmission worked and all of these different things. Like for most people know, we just get in the car and drive. And that's what I, that was my call is, you know, just get in the car and drive, just, you know, just drive somewhere. And then, mm-hmm. and then you, from there you will learn more because when, when I was describing a lot of this stuff to people like channels and on chain and off chain and lightning and all this, it's and unless you've been in the car at least and driven around or like turned the key and started the thing, like none of that makes any sense or means anything to you. And so it's kind of counterintuitive. It's, you know, you guys constantly talk about the chicken and egg problem where it's like, well, until you start, you're not going to know how to start. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that becomes like yeah. hair pulling uh, frustration for people. But uh, the other pushback was kind of like, well, I don't trust this Bitcoin thing. It's like, you know, it might be sketchy. It might be a scam. It might be taken over. It might be manipulated. It might, you know. Mm-hmm. And to that, I just had to start saying like, all right, well, if you don't trust Bitcoin as money, just stick to Federal Reserve notes, which are totally safe and sound and not scammed and not printed ad nauseum. And, you know, just just hang on to that because that's essentially what you're saying is like, well, I don't I don't trust the Bitcoin thing. What's your alternative? It's, it's the dollar. It's what we all use right now. Right. And I don't, obviously I don't use only Bitcoin. Uh, I use both, but I, you know, for the, for the value transfer in its, um, it, it being instant and it being, you know, I don't have to run it through any kind of middleman. I don't have to run it through Chase Bank or MasterCard or PayPal or anybody. Um, I don't have to run it through the long arm of all of these, uh, global banking systems. I can just send it peer to peer who I want to send it to. I think there's, you know, there's always been, obviously, in the Bitcoin community, there's always been this uh, uh, this di- divergence or this this sort of wall between the non-custodial and the custodial side of things. So you've got people who, you got some people who are religious on each uh, yeah about it. Most most of the religion is on the uh, the non-custodial side, and I'm sympathetic to that. I mean, I, I understand the arguments there, but um, a a a world in which people have to function and be in, and be easy with the way that they interact with other people, you're going to, there is going to have to be custodial custodianship of funds. Sometimes it's just, it's just reality. And it's the same way that, that cash works. Right. You know, some it's, it's most of the time, it's just easier for me to have it in the bank and I can, it, it, it gives me opportunity that I don't get when I'm holding physical cash all the time, but there's some point there, there's some amount of cash that I will take out of the bank and keep on hand. Now I don't want to, I don't want to keep all my money on in my house right. under my mattress because you know, if the house burns down, now I've lost all my money, but it's the same way with Bitcoin. Uh, if I want to, I do want to keep a certain percentage of my funds on my own under my own keys where I'm the sole 
custodian of a uh, uh, key owner there, but I'm okay with keeping a percentage of that of that Bitcoin in a custodian relationship um, because I'll just I just accept the risk. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I understand it's not my keys, not my Bitcoin, but that's okay. Right. It's not my cash when it's in the bank either; it's theirs. Correct. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is finding a trustworthy custodian, you know. And yeah. people, an, another thing, non coiners just ask me ad nauseum when they're first starting out is like what wallet should i use what wallet should i use and i i always am like you know use three at least like use a bunch of different (laughs) wallets like use a lot of wallets i I wouldn't say just like rely on one wallet Mm because that's going to teach you how to send and receive it's going to give you you know a, a little more spread i mean it's it's really it helps with security to use more wallets because everything is in one wallet and god forbid one wallet gets compromised like then you're screwed out of everything in there. The other thing that people, it's sort of, there's this, this has happened with Bitcoin is like a lot of different technologies. You, you go through some stages of understanding of it. Yeah. And then, and you, you understand, you understand it sort of in a simple way at the beginning of you're using metaphors, you know, okay, you you got coins and they come into a wallet and I can send them to this other wallet and things like that. There's these metaphors that happen. Sure. But if you look at the underlying technology, like those metaphors don't really have any bearing on what's actually going on. Right. You're just, uh, you know, the wallet is actually your key. It doesn't hold coins. It holds yes. key. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. It gets really confusing when you're explaining what's actually going on. Even more confusing than just using the metaphors. It's this weird thing, isn't it? Because you go, the metaphors help at the, at, at the beginning. Right. They help you understand conceptually what is happening, what is rep being represented. But then at some point they actually start to hinder your understanding and you have to, you have to move past the metaphors and realize the metaphors were actually wrong Yep. <laughs> in order to make the next step and say, ah, now I understand why this is such a big deal and why this is so powerful. And is because the metaphors actually aren't true. <laughs> it's very strange. That's exactly why we, uh, begin all of our lightning talk with uh the on-chain off-chain cocaine shit stain jingle because <laughs> because it's just an absolute non sequitur of like what the hell is yeah. going on uh sounds a little something like this and that was just like uh, nice organically spun out of like what is all of this on-chain off-chain bullshit what are you talking about i have no idea what you're talking about and we just instead of trying to fight that we just leaned into it like you know well (laughs) you have to get in the car and drive to find out like what is it it's a big fucking mystery you know but yeah it's within your grasp that's the beauty of it like it sounds very foreign and impossible to grasp but uh you know, we, we're building it. We're not, it's not even like uh, something that's solidified right now. It's so early that we are building it. All of this stuff that we've implemented today, we just wrote in the past, you know, week, max. Most of it, we, I mean, I had to reconfigure DNS and get uh, an SSL cert for the stream while no agenda was playing. I did that like <laughs> two hours ago. I got a Lucky cert. Lucky you. Lucky I don't you. know how we pulled it. I mean, uh, between me and no debit, like we made it work somehow. And I still don't actually understand how we made it work, but it worked and it's working. And that's why CurioCaster live is working right now. And all of this, how does it stuff, feel to be like, the very first live broadcast, uh, through the namespace? 
I love it. Um, That's a record so books, lit, man. That's one and, for the history uh, books. Um, I actually, before I forget, I should play this. Uh, Sir Seat Sitter made sure I had a clip. This is a new live son of a bitch. We are the first. It's not about the credit. It's about I'm spitting this information out at you fast because there's a lot of it. And it's life saving. That's right. We're here to save your life. <laughs> And uh, we couldn't do any of it without you, Dave Jones. We were so excited to do this uh, episode with you today. Because, I mean, w- without you and building all of this stuff, whether it's Helipad, whether it's the index itself, the API associated with it, uh, we would it would just still be a bunch of people sitting around bitching that Alex Jones got canceled. And what are we going to do about <laughs> it? I don't know. And what's hilarious is... 95% of the content creators finger wag out there are still sitting around bitching saying what are we going to do when the answer is here the uh the solution is here the solution has been around for now over a year um and and we can do it all you got to do is find it and put you know strap it on and fire it up <laughs> find it and strap it on fire yeah, it up that's right <laughs> like it I like it. No, I I, I want to. I always like like to be very clear. I mean, th- this is podcasting two point is a community effort one hundred percent. I mean, re- I am just another participant in that, and most of the work now that goes on is happening with with everybody else. And I'm so grateful for that. I love that. I, you know, when I when I start to feel like it's all up to me and that I have to produce all this code, I get you know I get aggravated and get front and get sure. stressed out it's and a that lot kind of, of thing. A lot of weight yeah. on one man's back for sure. But and that's the way it felt at the beginning. And now there's so many people participating and there's code coming out constantly. And um to me it's that is so awesome. The like uh I mean Alex and Brian are are just putting out pod ping stuff all the time. Yep. And 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 just pushing that whole thing forward. John Spurlock picked up cross app comments and is run, you know, running, uh, with that, you know, you, you guys and Stephen B are running with the live tag. Yeah. Everybody's, um, Stephen Crater is, um, is, is redoing all of the rough parts of the website and doing podping.watch and maintaining that. Yeah. Uh, there's just this, this big list of, of people who are contribute, who, who are, they they see something that that sparks like for y'all it was the live tag yeah it's like that's the thing you you look at it and you say okay that's the thing that's cool to me I'm gonna go and run away and do that thing and when that's what freedom pr- produces when you make a when you when you have a I've been part of an open of open source projects before where it was really iron fist ruled by one person. Uh, and everything really revolved around that one person's vision of the thing. And it's demoralizing and eventually it will always fail when you got to have somebody or a couple of people that bootstrap it, uh, which is what Adam and I tried to do. Yep. But then if it never grows beyond those one or two people, then it's just, it's, it's not, it's just, you might as well go pack up and go home and go do something else. It has to be a bigger issue. Um, and I'm very grateful to everybody who has done those things. And that includes people like James Cridlin and the people at the hosting companies who, who are also and Christopher Isine who runs a continuous aggregator. I mean, the, the, it, 
it's hard to list out everybody because you forget. Definitely. Well, and then there's also another aspect of like, you don't know what's in development right now, what somebody could be working on. And it's just like not ready. Or I mean, the album Abel Kirby and I worked on when I first inked the paper for him, that was like in February. And then we published that same year on Christmas Eve. So we spent almost the whole entire year making that. And he was thinking about it even before that. Um, and the music stuff that we were working on kind of is in a similar incubation stage right now where it's like, we know what we want, but we're trying to kind of build pre-steps to get to the actual building steps. And I get, I can tell you like, uh, Adam Curry, man, I love that guy so hard. And when he said, uh, I think it was last episode where he was like, you know, uh, with the music app, all somebody has to do is build a front end and then it's done. <laughs> I just wanted to scream at my dashboard. I'm like, yes, thank you. Just, That's what we're doing. Uh, but, oh well, God, see, they, I wish see, y'all, if, uh, y'all took the music stuff and ran with it. And then now the Stay A While album is the fingerprint for how to do music on Value for Value. Yeah, and uh, that's that's exactly what we set out to do at, at the beginning. You know, it was like a... It was a music first project, but we wanted it to be exactly that. The blueprint for this is how you publish. And then mm-hmm. I also have to give credit again to C-Dubs because he had just mentioned, I mean, he's in SoCal and he was like, hey, I went to a local Bitcoin meetup. And I was like, oh, geez, Bitcoin meetups. Those are probably a thing here too, you know? And I looked into one. Are they? Do you go, do they you go are. to one? I've been going, I've been to three now and I just go like whenever there's one and I can make it, I go. And what happens at a Bitcoin meetup? I mean, it's like, is it like a swinger party where you, everybody just shares their keys? It's I mean, close. So. It's close. <laughs> no, no, it's like everybody the puts their public party. Like everybody, everybody puts their, their private key in the bowl <laughs> when you walk in the door. No. It's like the opposite of a swinger party, man. Everybody okay. leaves their phone in the car and like <laughs> they come <laughs> in in yeah. like a ski mask and <laughs> that's fine. a bunch of nims with, you know, um, the blue man suit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a beautiful middle ground, but, um, There was one guy who was like, oh yeah, my girlfriend is a Spotify artist and we got all these hundreds of thousands of plays and she makes jack off of it. And I was like, I told him, dude, we, we maybe got like a thousand plays, maybe. And we've made more money than your girlfriend has on Spotify. (laughs) And it's crazy, you know, and we, and and that's there forever. And we're paying uh, album artists off of it too. We're, you know, Lorian did some art for that as well. Yeah, I got a split. So she gets a split on her node, like... Laurie, and I forgot you were there. I mean, you're so talkative. I, I'm soaking it all in, Dave. I'm soaking it all in. <laughs> is, uh, that, is that the bumper sticker on the back of your car? Um, I made money. I made more money on my podcast than your Spotify girlfriend. That's that... a good idea for some merch. We were thinking about okay. this because... Um, well, th- there's a Bitcoin block party coming up that yeah. the KC coiners are putting together. It's aiming to be like a first of its kind for Kansas City anyway, for the area, uh, block party event where all the vendors are Bitcoin vendors only. So you can spin Bitcoin and Lorian's going to have a booth there with your crafts. Yeah. Crafty stuff and rocks. Oh, <laughs> and so, so y'all are in case, yeah, Kansas City, Missouri. Yep. Yep. Uh, like Kansas City, Missouri versus Kansas City, Kansas. Y'all, y'all can like see each other. You're right across the river, right? Oh yeah. We're back and forth okay. all the time. I constantly am crossing state lines. I know that's dangerous now, but it's a little it's just a little thing i mean i I still consider missouri the south um yeah it's it's the upper south but y'all are south we're everything especially depending on what part of the state you're in 
because you know we have the Ozarks and we have like Springfield yeah, and Joplin yeah. are pretty much Oklahoma. And the Ozarks uh, are beautiful, beautiful area of the country. No so doubt, so pretty. Uh, yeah, it's like the uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas always cracks me up. There's a similar thing down here. Uh, we have uh, there's two brothers. Paul, um, their last name was Palmer, and so there's Palmerdale as uh, a city, and then. Uh, near it is Rimlap, which is Palmer spelled backwards. Ha! Uh, nice. So they evidently they hated each other, and uh, <laughs> yeah, well, only in the, only in the south. <laughs> only in the south, you gotta love it. Yeah, here like Kansas City, the Missouri Kansas City, the real one, <laughs> the, big the real. One. Oh, okay, the real throwing one. down. I got you. Uh, where everything but the speedway is. <laughs> uh, no, it came first. So there was the town of Kansas, is what it was originally called. And then that rival Kansas statehood happened to try and kind of jockey off of the name recognition the town of Kansas already had. And so there was this whole... Oh, um, I didn't realize the history there. Yeah. the Kansas City, Kansas City, Missouri was the first Kansas instance. And then they made a whole state called Kansas, intentionally <laughs> trying to draw people to their state because people were talking about Kansas City being the, the new Western... Uh, bunch of plagiarists right it's just a big old name competition really everyone wants to be kansas i guess but uh there can only be five (laughs) and we all uh we all get along peacefully kansas city kansas it's like it's like ours when it's like when it shines on the national stage but then it can be like not ours when we don't need it to be or we're embarrassed yeah that's that's very convenient because you can just uh shun it when when it's necessary Absolutely. if they do something stupid it's like oh no that was the other one yeah and when elton john is you know playing kaufman stadium and he says hello kansas we can all go boo hiss boo hiss you don't get that <laughs> you don't know where you are in. <laughs> that's funny You're 15 miles wrong bro yeah they a- um yeah so the the um the pod, so the podcast being the first live instance i mean I want to know, is, do you consider this a success? Did it work as smooth as you wanted it to? I think it's been going great. Um, We'll have to go through some boostograms and uh, kind of see, but this is easily the the most boosted show we've done before. Now, did it, I do want to show up. Let me, let me ask you this though. Sure. Did it go out on Podping? Did the live boost go out? I have a note about Podping and I am not using Podping yet. And so you're laying down orange pilling, but you've been uh, Podping pilling. (laughs) <laughs> and what's the ping pill? I need to know what is my MVP to be able to send pod pings. And uh, Stephen Stephen Bell also said, you know, for his CurioCaster to work, all I would have to do is switch the status of my live item to be live, and everything mm-hmm. else would just work fine. And that that has turned out to be true. So, uh, I wonder if the pod ping, the live notification for pod ping, I wonder if it w- goes out when you do that switch in CurioCaster. Because I know Steven has the ability to send those live notification pod pings. I think he's um, typing furiously in the troll room right now to explain. He probably it. is, yes. Um, um I wonder if that I wonder if that's just part baked into the to the Steven B code. It's it's possible, I'm not really sure. But I do also want to point out, because uh, if I don't, I'm sure I'll get hell for this eventually. Uh, Rare Encounter has been using a live stream tag in their, uh, or a live item tag in their RSS, and I'm not sure what the consequences of that are. Or, in other words, I'm not sure where you can get a live experience, but I saw this 
in Podcast Addict when I was waiting for their show to, to drop. I was on the road coming back from Tennessee, and I knew that their live show had already wrapped and I had missed it because uh, mm-hmm. I was catching up with a friend in Columbia we stopped to see on the way back home. And so I was waiting for that to drop, and when I pulled up their feed in Podcast Addict, it said, you know, Rare Encounter Live Now, and their live show was in there. I tried to tap around and see if I could get any link, but I didn't see any link being fed to me. Um, so I'm and, not, I'm not sure. And it wasn't just a discreet, it wasn't just textual description. You think it was an actual, you know, like it recognized it as a live thing. It, I think so. I think so. But I was huh. trying, you know, I was driving down the highway and, uh, uh, definitely not. Uh, I was letting Lorian, uh, drive the phone for sure. I wasn't looking at my <laughs> phone screen, but, uh, yes. Uh, from what she described to me, the phone screen, how it looked, uh, it just said that episode that was live, but then, uh, we couldn't get any, we couldn't get anything underlying to pull up from it. And this was, you know, I didn't try CurioCaster yet. I don't know if, uh, Stephen B had that fully launched yet at that time, because this is last week, but I just wanted to say, like, as far as namespace use of the RSS feed goes, I know Rare Encounter has done that at least for last show. And I don't know, I don't know when they started either. Um, huh. uh, Cold Acid they... said he's been doing it manually, so it's not properly kept to date. Uh, okay. And for one thing, it's always pending. Okay. So that does that mean always enough. pending? So it, it's he says it's always set to pending. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's not change. He's not going in there and changing it from from pending to start or I to guess so, uh, yeah. to live. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, uh, that's my next uh, big feat. Is going to be to redesign the after bull website and have it dynamically update my rss and be able to click something that goes live and and i want to bake pod ping in there but i guess mm-hmm. back to my i'm trying to force you to pod ping pill me <laughs> what is the, oh really what is the what is like the mvp i need to be able to to be sending pod pings because i'd like to and it's just another way to oh you can do it with a with uh you can do it with wget or curl on the command line it's, okay no, I mean, it's, you don't even need an MVP. All you need is a uh, if you want to if you want to send through. Well, there's a couple options. If you want to send through Podping.cloud, I'll give you a token, uh, an authorization uh, header token, and you can just send uh, send through a you know shell script on the command line. If you want to do it directly yourself, uh, you would need a, the Hive Writer Python script and some posting keys of which Brian of London can hook you up. Uh, that, and then in that way you're, you're posting directly to the hive chain itself. If you post to podping.cloud, you're posting to our HTTP front end that takes the thing you posted and writes it to the hive chain on your behalf. Um, so you're getting the same either way. You're just going, gotcha. They have various ease, cool. ease of use. You're yeah. Podping. Custodial. You're custodial. Uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. We're, cu- we're custodians of your pod pings. <laughs> Uh, for, Sounds for, dangerous, fifth, for 12 seconds until they go to the chain. Going to lose all my pod pings, man. Yeah. Uh, so if you, but if you're wanting to send live notifications, then you're going to need the hive rider sure. because podping.cloud doesn't yet support the live, uh, the, the live notification stuff. Gotcha. And yes, yeah. Stephen B is mentioning that sovereign feeds is going to make it easy to go live. Uh, that is, we're really interested in looking into sovereign feeds because I don't, I don't want to have to do this all myself when he's done so much of the legwork too. So, so, so what are you doing there? Are you are you using sovereign feeds now and just down, downloading it and, and what, putting it on your server? What exists right now as the uh, 
feed that you switched me to in the index is mm-hmm. I took my I took my Podbean generated dog turd feed. I copied it, I pasted it into VS Code, and then I wrote in value tags, and I wrote in a live item, and I typed all by that hand? crap in there by hand. Yeah, that's what that's what we're running on right now. You're a brave man. <laughs> that's the You're shoe strings man. that we're on, man. Um, which is essentially what I did for Abel and the Wolf. So it wasn't really like, um, it wasn't really like a big undertaking this time. That time I did it for the first time ever, like hand coding some RSS and. Okay. Uh, I but you're going to switch to Sovereign Feeds, is that right? Y- yeah. I want this okay. to be able to just click and it's done. You know, click live yeah. and it goes live. Click publish my episode and it makes the new item. All of that stuff. Well, that's um, the way to do it. I mean, that's the way Adam does our feed. And uh, for sure, it's it through the Sovereign Feeds. I mean, the the, the beauty, I'm I'm a, I, the, the purely, I totally understand people who want a very nice UI and the ability to just push a button and have their thing just happen. I get it. But there is a lot of power in having your publishing, your, um, your CDN and your feed create. It's like kind of separated out a little bit where you have a little bit more control. Yeah. Uh, that's got a lot of power to it as well. So, I, I mean, if, if Stephen B can eventually hook up to a back end that'll let him push the sovereign feed content to a CDN, um, that's going to be a real game changer for people who want sort of the ultimate control. Now, I mean, cast castapod is, um, you know, is the other alternative to that. And that's great. And it's got a unique, it's got sort of some unique proposition to it. It's got an activity pub and all that kind of jazz. But if you want to sort of like, I see Stephen B's, I see, I see sovereign feeds is sort of like the, uh, the, the e the the emacs of RSS feed generation. You just it you get like all the control in the world. We were uh, we were just in the exact same boat as you guys with the Castapod, where we tried it out too, and mm-hmm. uh, the import function didn't work for us either. And we haven't been back to test it because we ended up just renewing the Podbean for another year. I mean, I know it's like uh, yeah. yeah. It's All cheap. the Podbean it's hate. Cheap. It was so much Podbean hate. It's cheap, and I love the, the ability to just host stuff cheaply. And they don't they don't charge me extra because I'm my files, you know, this many megabytes. They don't charge me extra because I post two shows in a week and you know eight in a month. Um, and I, a lot of I the know, other a lot of the other hosts were going to make it cost prohibitive to do business with, which is just unfortunate, you know. Um, I don't know anybody from Podbean. That's a company I've never had any contact with. I don't either. And I don't like, I'm I'm not saying I hate Podbean either because obviously I use them. So, you know, they were like the best So you're saying that calling them pod turd is a term of endearment. Did I say pod turd? He said something like that. Yeah. No, I said the dog turd feed that Podbean. Dog turd feed. The problem problem I do have with Podbean, well, there's a couple. One of them is that I can't put a value tag in. I can't do podcasting 2.0 stuff. That sucks. I want to be able to do podcasting 2.0 stuff no matter who I'm hosting with, no matter what. It's the now. It's the present. Uh, If you're not doing podcasting 2.0 shit, you're not a viable podcasting host, period. That's my opinion. Second, um, when you make a blog post or whatever you know they give you one of those baked in built-in websites and so mm-hmm. it has a spot for like your show notes or whatever the post is and then they just throw that in the description tag and they throw that in the itunes summary tag and so if you look at my feed there's just this big block of text 
which is a blog post, you know, which looks fine on our website, but looks atrocious in a feed. So, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the as, price as, is right. The price is absolutely <laughs> right for hosting and for making it easy to, they just make my items in my RSS feed, which is great. Now I'm going to be in this middle ground where I'm copying the new items from that feed and putting them into my, you know, manual feed. And then eventually mm. I'll have a sovereign feed and everything will be cool and chilling. Uh, you're, yeah. It, all, all Stephen B needs is a, he just needs a back end. He just needs a CDN. And the, uh, somebody who'll play ball. I, I bought a Raspberry Pi specifically to try Castapod, but it just, at the time, it was just the wrong time. And then. Oh, it works now. It, yeah, it's that's what full, I've heard. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Is, and they did, you know, their full release into, um, um, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> when you're done with alpha and maybe even done with beta. Oh, yeah, it works. And it's, uh, I mean, it's slick. But it's the, a uh, very, it's a high quality product. The, the only thing I don't, the only thing that still makes it where we can't use it as our main thing is just that you you can't host a file other somewhere else like you sure, know gotcha. what you need is you need to be able to have okay i'm going to put my mp3 on this cdn and then i'm going to get the url to it and paste it into my episode but they just don't have that yet the uh it wasn't all for not because that raspberry pi became lorian's umbral node so oh, hey. you got your own node <laughs> yes i do through Very a lot nice. of hand holding thanks to my husband here <laughs> Yeah. That, so is it a 50-50 split or do you get more than he does? <laughs> it's 50-50. Okay. <laughs> We're equal partners in everything That's we do. That's right. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, I was, I was look, I looked. So you got they're both they're both running at home, is that right? Yep. And you but and so you have two separate tour addresses, everything works okay? One's a raspy blitz, one is a umbral, and yeah, everything works great and huh. interesting. As part of my kind of teach him to drive mission i uh like when the umbral needs an update i'll just be like lorian there's an update pending or uh like if i need a channel balanced like i treat her as the node operator she set it up and she operates it and like like i know how to get in there and jack with stuff but i don't you know what i mean that's all learning yeah, experience I have to stuff. Learn. so just like if i was talking to to Boobery and saying, hey, I need to balance this channel with you. Can you do this or that? I do the same thing with Lorian where I'm, I'm like, oh, that's not my node. I can't access it. You need to access it and do this and that. There's a really killer script that will help with rebalancing that Tim told us about. Uh, I think it was either today or yesterday. Is this the one uh, that uh, changes your fees automatically uh, this one- or... This one, it search, it does, it really automates the process of rebalancing a channel. Uh, let's see, we're so I'm scrolling back in here. Oh, here it is. It's uh, it's on GitHub. It's called uh, Rebalance LND. Okay. And you can you can go, you can just tell it, you know, tell it what you want to do, and and it goes through there and just finds finds paths that will allow you to rebalance. You say, I want you know, rebalance this channel. It'll just search for all your all your paths. It'll find a route to get that done for you. And it takes a lot of the manual work out of it. That sounds cool. I'll have to dive into that. Yeah, it's pretty um, slick. I'm going to dive into some boostograms because the list is just getting so long here. And we want to uh, make sure we thank people. But I'm going to refresh Helipad just so I got it super fresh. Making sure everything's in here. Um, starting off first in... Uh, after I go past all the test, test, testing, because there was a lot of that this morning, and I appreciate everybody help, uh, helping me test this morning. Uh, but C-Dubs 2222 
Uh, honk, honk, he says. It was the first one in, so we got a honk for you. Um, followed closely behind by Boobery uh, in Curiocaster. And by the way, C-Dubs used uh, the Boost CLI that he wrote to boost, so you can boost from command line if you run a node. Where is that host? Is that open source? It is open source. Uh, you can find Boost CLI on GitHub. And there's a nice little image for it in Helipad now, too. So... Yes, there is. It's awesome. It's so pretty. Just a little terminal code kind of symbol, but uh, I personally, I still have not used the Boost CLI. I'm like, I know about all these tools, and they're just like within my grasp, and they're on my to-do list, but they're just crowding out the other stuff on my to-do list, and sometimes some of that gets done. Like, uh, I kind of had priority on getting that helipad into the Raspberry, uh, to the Raspberry Blitz, so... Uh, uh, Boobery, though, he was from Curiocaster. He actually used the Curiocaster Live function to boost this show. So, Dave, you got a chunk of that. And Oh, nice. He Thank says, you. motor boost me, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Boobery. Boost me, bitch. Um, a thousand sats uh, f- out of Curiocaster from Anonymous. Uh, 500 from Fletcher says, boosting that booty. Thank you. And that was out of Breeze. Uh, Harv hat sent 4269. And, um, by the way, these, some of these trigger specific and certain interesting little emojis in the boost bot, which is in the no agenda troll room, as well as what we call the bowl, um, bowl after bowl channel in a zero node. So the 4269, I cannot remember what that triggers, but something with like some lips and... (laughs) Something awesome. 69! 69, dude! C-Dubs again with 420. He says, bowls with buds. Uh, 420 will make a little alien flashing the peace sign and puffing some smoke. So uh, he really went all out on some of these uh, some of these emojis. And again, we'll post the um, Boost IRC is the project on GitHub. We'll post that in, in the readme, um, all of the... All of the different custom levels are posted there, so you can get a look at them. Uh, 69.33 from Cotton Gin. Also out of Curiocaster, he boosted the live. A lot of these guys are boosting the live, which is very cool. That's what I was hoping for, because that gives us the ability to give you the split. Yeah, thank you. And uh, before that, you know, you just kind of had to, during these live shows, you would have to boost the latest published episode, which yeah, yeah. doesn't always necessarily... Uh, reflect the current splits, especially if you if you got a guest live. Ah, the live the live item, it's a beautiful thing. It's so awesome. Like this is what exactly uh, we've been looking for um, in terms of the. the uh, this is what you wanted. It's what we wanted for being able to do splits. Like this whole project, even at the very beginning, to me, the splits were the most important part. Being able to chop up this value coming in and then redistribute it to those who are giving you the value and making it all happen is. That's what's so revolutionary, and I don't think people really have fully grasped that yet of uh, what's actually going on. What's happening right now, this very second, what y'all have put together is the distribute is is the distributed super chat. Yes, it, it it this is happening. There's a live stream and a super chat going on with value being transmitted, decentralized. And it could it could be happening. This it's only happening through Curiocaster at the moment. Yes, but it could be happening through fifteen different apps all simultaneously, that's and right. it will be that way in the future. That that's what this is going to end up being. Yep, it's just a matter of time until it all comes online. Yep. Um, 
and another thing that I did want to shout out was Hog Story, uh, who I had spent most of the year that I've been value streaming, or you know, over now, most of the year plus I was that we were value enabled. Uh, we were just dropping little seeds, planting little seeds, and you know, encouraging them to get in the car and drive. And then they got on Satoshi's.stream, and then maybe a day or two later, um, got an IRC bot going, which took the Telegram bot that Satoshi Stream uses, uh, relayed that info into a Discord bot, who then passed it into the IRC. So <laughs> that's they, a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> they Rube Goldberg the first uh, boost reader into IRC, and. Uh, they should be commended for that because they just went from zero to a hundred like so fast they got in they like got in the car and then they just put the foot down on the accelerator it was awesome and to <laughs> see it like all this tech moves so fast like when you get your boost confirmed in app uh and even specifically this bot that uh c-dubs and some other bowlers put together uh this thing will put the message in irc before helipad pings and before you even get like the confirmation in the app you sent it in like if you're in yeah. fountain before you get the confetti boost after boost already posted whatever you said and there's another one coming through uh um, eventually eventually the helipad will be faster what what it does right now is poll every I think it's seven seconds mm -hmm. and so uh eventually that will be switched to grpc streams yes. and so that they'll be instant yeah. that's what the irc bot uses too is this grpc stream and yeah. um yeah, it's that's the one of the most mind blowing parts to me is like just how fast everything fires off. It's just instantaneous, and then uh, boom, then you have the hosts just talking about it like in real time right after you send so, it. It's so it's, cool. It's it's it's, it's super chat. That's exactly what yep. what it is. It's distributed super chat. I don't I don't think people understand what is happening here. <laughs> I don't either, but uh, <laughs> it, it will slowly over time dawn on everyone. I think on a long enough timeline. Uh, Three hundred three yes. sats we had from Servo. And then 3333 from Chad F, who says pew pew, thank you. Uh, 1033 from Alex Gates, who asks, uh, all of these, by the way, coming through at CurioCaster, uh, to the live. Have you tried forcing an unexpected reboot? And uh, <laughs> that's, what Mac, that's what Macs do. We just, uh, <laughs> bingo. That's, that's, their, that's their value proposition, is they force unexpected reboots. Just trying to... Uh, troubleshoot i appreciate helping troubleshoot there uh and then alex again with a thousand says need that grpc stream for helipad so there we go yeah there it is uh, yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man it's your opinion but it's the correct opinion <laughs> yes and it's coming it's coming this is uh this is what we heard from grpc stream for helipad it's true so far i'm gonna come oh my god <laughs> Way to botch that one. I'm gonna come. There it is. Uh three thirty-three from Anonymous on Breeze and Um It's worth pointing out, Breeze, that's just how they roll. They don't pass a name. So if you're boosting from Breeze, that's the behavior is that it will always be anonymous. And there's also a ninety character, I believe, limit, which seems very oppressive. Uh although I do a, I do a lot of my boosting from Breeze. I use multiple apps. Uh, including Breeze, including Fountain, including CurioCaster, including PodFriend. I, I, I'm of the opinion that you should have a lot of wallets and a lot of apps and learn how to use them all, especially because you can you can know all these differences and the limiting factors, and you can also help contribute to making them better over time. 
you know. Um, Breeze, uh, we're going to be interviewing Roy uh, from Breeze here soon. I think I don't remember if it's this month or next, but it'll be pretty soon. And uh, that guy's he's he's an impressive dude, no doubt. Um, he the the Breeze, the Breeze dudes are they're real special uh, in this in the Bitcoin world. And I just have nothing but respect for those guys. I can't, I, I really want, I'm excited about that show because I really want people to hear uh, sort of who he is and their, their vision about things, because I had, I just have a lot of respect for what they've done. They, they sort of saw it early yeah, uh, and they have a custodial mind, uh, non-custodial mindset. And they've, they really took the hard approach I mean, like people don't understand maybe that Breeze, the app, is a full node running on your phone. Yep. In an app form. I mean, that is in itself is a technological marvel. Uh, so yeah, it, it, they, those are those guys. They're they're something special. I'm looking forward to that one. That's that's going to be a cool one. Now, you guys have yeah. had uh, Roy on once before, right? No, he's never been on. Oh, he's not been on. Yeah. I'm not sure. Then I know I've talked to him in the Telegram a bunch. Uh, Great guy. Certain really great uh, guy. certain troubleshooting things. Definitely an awesome guy. Yeah, when we published Abel and the Wolf, the Stay a While album, um, we noticed that in Breeze they didn't have the album art by episode, and I was just mm-hmm. like, that was that was a big part of our project because there were uh, specific artists like Carolyn Blaney is one who designed you know one of the tracks. Uh, Lorian, like I mentioned, uh, Cotton Gin designed a, an artwork. Uh, lots of guys, Booberry. Um, Roger Roundy, all these guys uh, doing specific album art for us. Um, Dean Reiner, the 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 art wasn't displaying; it was just displaying that main art. And so I was like, "Hey, man, this is part of our, you know, it's it's a big part of our um, our use case and our uh, display of what you can do is to have different album arts." And mm-hmm. like right away, he sent me back like, "Oh yeah, it's just it's it's in the next version." And they screen capped like what it looked like with uh, <laughs> not only with Abel and the Wolf, but also with my podcast too. And they sent it to me, and I was like, "Oh man, these guys are already on top of it." Yeah, that if if Roy tells you he's going to do something, you uh, you can go ahead and write write that check because it's, awesome. it's going to happen. Yeah, uh, twenty six ninety five Sats from C Dubs who says, uh, "Let's go bowling." Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Uh, C Brooklyn one twelve with a thousand sats. He boosted the live uh, in Curio Caster, and uh, he says boost. Boost. We have a boost. Um, <laughs> by the way, I should also point out it's an important distinction to say uh, that C Dubs is using uh, Boost CLI, like I mentioned, and that is also finding the live item to boost. So uh, the Curio Caster and the Boost CLI are the two that. Uh, your splits are good through, oh, uh, as nice. far as I can tell on this episode. Uh, thirty-three sixty-nine came in from Cotton Gin, which is a little nice combo there. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dudes. Uh, Forty-two hundred sats from our friend in the four hundred two who says, "Beautiful day in the four hundred two to listen on the patio." Cheers, bowlers, and cheers to you as well. Uh, hundred sats from some anonymous person out of Pod Friend. Good to see a little monster eye there. I don't see as many Pod Friend uh, monster eyes, so we need how to many tell. sats was that? A hundred sats there. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, we need to tell the Pod Frienders about Bowl After Bowl. Pass them the bowl. Martin's uh, pretty quick with features. He may be coming up on live too. 
yeah, that's that's cool. It's going to be a game changer for us. We've been, you know, really salivating about live, and then we were dragging our feet. But you know, I was like, I can't have Dave Jones on the show and not have live going, rocking <laughs> out. So, uh, so so grateful to everybody who helped me get that uh, off the rails and into the air. Uh, ninety six fifty three from C Dubs. Thank you, sir. Who just uh, has a little emoji text of a person with their arms in the air, which is great. <laughs> Uh, 1776 boost from C-Dubs says, FREEDOM! And that actually will generate an American flag emoji in the chat if you boost 1776. Uh, 222.22. Woo! It's the big baller so far. Uh, from Cotton Gin and Tonic, uh, saying bowl after bowl. Nice. And, uh, that will trigger, uh, ducks on fire in the chat. <laughs> so that will be <laughs> nice. a lit ducks. Lit ducks, that's funny. Um, 333 from Anonymous on CurioCaster, boosting the live, 100. And then a 333 from Stephen B through uh, the live on CurioCaster. Thank you, sir. Another 1776 from Cotton Gin and Tonic. Cotton Gin, thank you, sir. Um, we have another honk, 22 from C-Dubs. Uh, he, got, he has a little turd emoji that pops up if you boost too small, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that may have triggered a turd. I'm not sure. Uh, fifty-five, fifty-five from Booberry, who boosts loveislit.com. Uh, and you can visit loveislit.com. I think right now it's pointing to the live stream we did from Tennessee together uh, at the roller rink. And uh, just another programming note for the bowlers: we're going to be posting that on our stream as well. And I think Abs in a Six Pack is going to be posting that on. Uh, Chris is going to be posting that on his stream. It's going to be like a multi-stream. Uh, or a feed, I should say. We're posting it on our feeds. Um, so that'll be a bonus bowl. Look out for that. That'll be coming up. Uh, 666 for the sats from C-Dubs. I think that gives you a little devil icon in the chat. All these fun little emojis that pop off. Uh, Fletcher from Breeze, 500 sats. He says, the joints are fat while I'm boosting sats. Love is lit. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. It's baked like a cake over there. <laughs> Uh, 420 from user, uh, jumble of numbers that I won't. That's Carolyn Blaney. Ah, Carolyn Blaney. Yeah. Coiner of the boost chain. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for catching me on that. Yes, she came up with the boost chain. So she is putting links in that boost chain every, uh, twice a week over at Hog Story. Nice. Which you can find at hogstory.net. And she says, happy 420 central time bowlers. Thank you. I don't know how I missed it. How did I miss it? We'll catch up. We'll catch up once the post show goes on. <laughs> uh, testy tests from Carolyn. Uh, this time it does identify her properly as Carolyn. Both of those from Fountain. Um, C Dubs twenty two twenty two. He says honk honk again. He's honking. He's sending us those ducks. And twenty two twenty two again from Cotton Gin. And those are my boosts. And rightfully they pointed out. Uh, I think. 80085 from Booberry gets the big baller. That is technically the big baller. Um, he's always sending us massive boobs, man, which is a great... Uh, or could it be her massive stripper titties? Always greatly appreciated in the bowl. Boostberry. Boostberry, that's right. Boostberry. <laughs> he am become boost. Yes, what a what a fantastic uh, showing. I'm just... That's a great list. Blown away and humbled by you guys' support and the... The interactivity, like the super chats, the things that we've been talking about for a while, just seeing them actually like 
rolling and ticking and uh in real time just you know uh and yes that's with a bunch of failed boosts cotton gen points out too so um you know channel management we're gonna be able to kind of maybe do a post-mortem and see what failed and why um here comes another thousand from breeze the boost after boost bot lets me know and then uh the pew will come in i'm sure there it is hey failure is baked into the system it's part of it it's it's a necessary component um that's you you can't be afraid of it. You got to embrace it because everything everything that happens in an open source uh, software people don't people don't understand this part. I think a lot of times as well is that in it in, in an open project. And suddenly, as we were talking about systems failing, the Motu froze, the streams went down, and we lost Dave. But we got him back. Apropos, it's beautiful. The point I made for five minutes before I realized that nobody was on the other side of the connection <laughs> was that uh, for a certain type of person, the the fact that this stuff doesn't just work right out of the box and that it breaks all the time is exhilarating. And that's the thing that brings you into the project and that it just doesn't it doesn't work reliably right out of the gate. It's not a off the shelf product that you just that you just flip the switch on and turn it on. It actually it's the process of get taking something from an idea, something that's this breaks all the time and is half baked and refining it over, over many iterations into something that's actually awesome and stable. And so uh, it's, it's perfect. It broke right in the middle of saying that. It's like, yeah, it's like you summoned it into existence. <laughs> yes. Demons, demonology. Okay. There we go. We're back on the NA stream. We're back on the bull stream. We're live in uh curiocaster but i did importantly record that last bit where you <laughs> where you remade your point but yeah it's like uh we're running with scissors here man we're doing the th- i told the guys earlier today because i was absolutely in full poop my pants mode while no agenda is going i'm trying to figure out why the hell i can't get uh my stream going in curiocaster and oh it's because it's not https yeah uh, you know the stream is just http so we're doing mm-hmm. this cross uh you know, fetching where it doesn't want to fetch a, an insecure uh, mixed file. content, it's the mixed, mixed content, yeah, exactly yeah. the mixed content error. Uh, so then we're getting that squared away. We're getting uh, the boost bot, which needed to be voiced to get into the no agenda chat. So that was an extra process with extra parameters to pass when you create him. Uh, but then I didn't want to launch that too early because I didn't want him spamming up the no agenda chat necessarily before it was time. And you're right. It's just this like, big conglomeration of all of these uh different processes that are firing at different times and eventually we'll get it into this whole cohesive thing that makes sense and works and it's refined and it's tested time tested but when you're when you're just starting out when it's the first one like buckle up because anything can happen (laughs) yep Uh, alex gates makes this point all the time yes Uh, you got to build you build protocols you don't you build protocols not products that's right. Um, the protocols guide these these thousand moving parts so that they coalesce and actually produce something. They produce a product by default. By by their nature, they produce a product. And so the the protocols are the things that that you design first. And that even though there's 15 different things happening, it all just comes together in this, you know, cohesive whole. It's awesome. Uh we did get one voicemail for you. Uh and I don't want to let you go before we play it, so here it comes. In the bowl, glad to finally hear this episode come to fruition. Been looking forward to it for a while now. Definitely. 
just wanted to say thank you to Spencer for convincing all of us to hop into the scissor mobile and <laughs> take the first spin. And quite a fun time. I didn't even own any Bitcoin up until 2021. Nice. So this has all been a, a new, fresh learning experience. Uh, all the chapter stuff that looks great. We do a, like a VHS flicker effect on our show art. It looks really sharp and curio caster and, and found. Um, so I, I might not know exactly what's going on. Most Me neither, of the man. But uh, still, <laughs> fun to try and keep up and, and uh, just follow along to the best of your ability. Uh, I did have one question. Um, what are the chances of uh, Lightning being integrated into like a newsletter publisher or something like Substack or I'm sure there's other other versions of something like that out there. Uh, that, that would be kind of cool. But um, at some point on my bucket list, I do want to get that Freedom Controller installed. I think that would be hella cool. In the bowl, have a great show. Talk to you later. In the bowl, be weary. Yeah, that's uh, – well, I'll say this. Don't install Freedom Controller. Just don't bother. It's <laughs> – it's, don't, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> I've looked at it a couple of times, and uh, it uh, – it's one of the reasons why early on, because I looked at it way before I had any business going on GitHub at all, the first time I ever looked at it, and it's one of the earliest things that caused that GitHub anxiety for me of just being like, <laughs> oh yeah, just go here, and I get a GitHub page, and I'm like, okay, what does any of this mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 not for the faint of heart. It's not meant for for consumption by mere mortals. Uh, Adam doesn't run his own server. I run it for him. It's, it's just not something that most people should do. 99% of people should, should just, if you want to, if you want to use freedom controller, just get an account on somebody else's server, like mine or Adams. And or there's a few other people that run them. There's about, there's about 12 people that, that run freedom controllers out there in the world. Uh, so it didn't become that, that, decentralized social network like we wanted it to be exactly unless you just want to hang out with 11 of your friends <laughs> that's about but, as um, social as i get these days to be honest yeah the, but, uh, uh, the tennessee yeah. meetup was overwhelming almost um but i, I can give i can give you a, an account on my server i'd be glad to cool. um, but the uh on lightning and newsletters yeah absolutely i i think that's uh i think that will absolutely happen it's already had the lightning is already paywalling a lot of things and newsletters. Um, I want to say that somebody's already doing that and I can't remember who it is, but I'm almost positive that there's somebody already doing some sort of newsletter behind lightning. Uh, but I think that the more interesting part from a podcasting perspective on that from Substack is just that uh, I do want to reach out to Substack and, you know, at some point and just let you know, make sure that they, can, that they know that value for value is, is a thing. I mean, it'll happen on, on its own eventually anyway, but I mean, I think that's, um, yeah, it definitely has a lot of synergy there. It's one of the wilder things is even when I'm going to these Bitcoin meetups where there's people that just haven't value for value in and of itself is almost like Bitcoin in that it takes this realization, this aha moment. And for us, no agenda fans, we've been in, you know, we've been kind of, baptized in that culture for long enough that it just it makes sense where it's intuitive to us we get it because we've been seeing it for so long but for people outside of that there's just all of this fear and confusion as to like 
oh, I'm just going to like put my content out there and anybody can have it and uh, all of these it's different... It's scary for him, yeah. You know, and, and I've been trying to kind of break that concept in mentally to the people at the at the meetings because they almost want to drop it. Like some guys are worried if things will scale. Oh, well, I still get my 100,000 views. And it's like, well, if you put a paywall up, no. Yeah, no, you're not no, going you to get sure 100,000 views. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but you, you remove that floor from yourself. So that there's no minimum to get in. And then people can not only listen to your content, but also share it without any other burden or barrier. But then you also remove the ceiling. You remove the top. You say, oh, you can support me as deep as you want to go, as high as you want to throw that boost. Like, instead of begging for with tears in your eyes for $5 a month on Patreon, and then, like, that's all you get is $5 a month for the people you finally convert. Like That $5, that, that subscription paywall idea... I understand it. It's it's not. I, I get it, but it's so. It's just so insidious because you you you're you are literally you're just you're 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 putting the number on it, right? And it's just not. It, it's not. It's just not right. Now, I think that one of the things that is great about value for value through through lightning is that you can integrate this. You can back your you can back yourself into value for value. If you already run a podcast, if you're a Tom Woods or somebody who has a who has a successful podcast making in livable income, you can add value for value to it and sort of back yourself in into you can add lightning to it and back yourself into a value for value model. You don't have to abandon your main. You know, it's not an all or nothing. You don't say, okay, well, sure. I'm switching to to lightning and now I'm oh my god, am I going to be able to pay my bills? You just add it to it. Now you've got people coming in through the back door, giving you sats and your main group is still, you know, feeding you Patreon or whatever on the front door. So it's, it's not, I think it's a, it's a good way to compliment. It's like, uh, for a lot of people, Patreon is, Patreon's your paycheck and, uh, lightning is your retirement account. Definitely. Yeah. And when we, we got it value enabled, you know, we were still, uh, very PayPal heavy and we still have the PayPal up just because it's. It's just another option. Everyone, has, you know, has these options where they can support. It's not like you turn a bunch yeah. of things off necessarily. We just want more ways you can interact with us, really. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we do too. You know, I mean, you know that we yep. we depend a lot on uh, on on PayPal and stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, man, it's been so over two and a half hours here. Uh, oh wow, that went fast. I know time just flew by, but I want to thank you so much not only for hanging out with us, but for you know kickstarting all these awesome tools that. Uh, we're using to take podcasting into the future and really preserve this thing and decentralize it. It's just awesome, man. We can't thank you enough. Yeah, that was great, man. Great time. Love being on. It was fun. And uh, thanks also to all of you bowlers out there helping uh, make the boosts, break the boosts, all of that good stuff. Uh, If your boosts failed, we're deeply sorry. We're working on it and uh, we'll see in the future how things uh, improve, but... Thanks for being here in this crazy time in history. Making history. That's right. Well, we will be back at it uh, Tuesday night, right after DH Unplugged at 9 p.m. Central, uh, with another Bowl After Bowl episode. And we'll also have a bonus bowl rolling out for you with the lovely Tennessee meetup at the Roller Rink. Uh, But until then... I have been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean.
May your bowls burn ever brighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coding karma! It is on, folks. It is on. It is on! This is a new live son of a bitch! Let's blame it on the weed, everybody. You better be streaming sats. Boost me once. Shame on. Shame on. Boost can't get boost again. Bowl after bowl dot